Welcome to D-Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it, podcast. This month, your D-commentators are me, Lucas. And me, Emma. And we are here today to talk about Miracle in Lane 2, the Frankie Muniz vehicle. The vehicle is a pun, everybody. Oh. Uh, thank you. I picked this movie because I remember really liking it when I was younger. I remember like really like watching it at like our aunt's house or something like that. I mean, I've seen this movie before. Yeah, I feel like you and I have watched this movie together before. I don't know how much you retained of it. Um, no, not a whole lot. And here's the thing. Had you asked me before I hit play on my old little Disney Plus button, I would have said, oh yeah, I remember the, gen- the gist, you know. I remember certain scenes. I remember the flow of the story. I know how this one goes. I actually didn't. Well, here's the thing. I was wrong. This movie, I remembered an entirely different movie. Um, Not one that exists. I just remembered it entirely differently. And I'm going to straight up say it. The one I remembered, kind of better than this one. I didn't say I, I actually didn't think, think this, I remembered a better movie. I didn't think this was bad by any means, but this is just a pretty wild movie for Disney Channel to have made in the year 2000. 2000? I think 2000. This is, I actually am going to take you one, one, one step all the way backwards there and say, this is a wild movie to have made in general. In general. Yeah, I it's think a lot. I For children. That, uh, there are <laughs> things in this movie I made I literally was like Disney like buy this movie from a different studio. Why does it feel like someone else made this movie that isn't Disney Channel? I have some slight backstory on this. Um, for those of you who don't know anything about Miracle in Lane 2. They quote Ayn Rand. Uh, I think it's Ayn Rand. Ayn Whatever. Rand. They do? When do they do that? When he talks about life and death being just similar states. Oh, is that an Ayn, Ayn Rand He quote? says Ayn Rand. Oh, I don't remember that. I just remember him saying he memorized it. I must have missed that. That's insane. The, one of many things. Here's my, I did a little research. And what from what I could tell, this movie was made by a guy or two guys who went to the same church. Well, um, I can tell yeah, you they yeah. had something. Went to the church. To, yeah, yeah. Who went to the same church as Justin Yoder, who is a real person who actually has this diseases. It's like multiple diseases on top of each other. And this is his true story, obviously fictionalized. But I think they were very committed to trying to tell his story as real as possible. And I will get that is my biggest compliment I pay to this movie. They do not shy away from like the shit in this of the oh, situation. Some could say they really lean into the they shit of this really, And I'm like, I, it was one of those things where I was like, I wasn't expecting this. And I must just not have picked it up as a kid that what was they exactly they were talking about. Or the sheer darkness of this kid's situation. Yeah, and like I, but I respect the hustle to just be like, hey, we're gonna talk about death a lot and like also, what disease does to a family. It, no, I mean like it's like very powerful. Like this movie, but just up top, did make me cry twice. I teared um, up at the end. Yeah, teared I, up at the I end. fully will tell you when I teared up. But it is like very adult, like dealing yes. with very adult themes. Not like a children, a child could not have watched it, but it's not something that I think a child would necessarily enjoy it would like be a movie they would show us to like teach us about something yeah and it's it Valuing doesn't feel like a disney channel 
Channel movie for children. It feels like something that came out in theaters, and now they play it as like an after-school special. It definitely feels after-school special. I would say that for sure. I don't know if I go so far to say in theaters, but that's the thing. And you're totally right because this goes back. So to So much of this movie is like oh, the, not about the that's, soap opera. That's exactly what I was about to say. I'm a it's thank about you. the parents crumbling you, family. It, the movie I remembered was entirely about the soapbox racing. Can I tell you guys I right have, now? 45 minutes in is the first time you hear the word soapbox. True. Movie. And he doesn't actually perform it until like the last half hour. And that's my main complaint with this film is like it tries to cram that whole narrative into the last like 20, 30 minutes and it does not this work. This movie should have opened on him doing soapbox. Yeah, you, like got, you should have found they, the soapbox I, in the I, first I have ten. multiple notes that are like, we're like an hour in and there's nothing, nothing that like, going that's on. leading to the soapbox. And I don't want to say they don't pull it off because they kind of do. It's not unenjoyable, but it's just like, Emma's right. The movie is not about soapbox racing. Also, I, I mean, we'll explain it when we get there, but like soapbox racing, I have never known anyone who does soapbox racing. I've never seen it done. It's a thing I exclusively know I, about. I, I actually don't believe this is a sport performed It's anymore. something that I've only seen done in cartoons as like, there's the Sims. It's like very 1940s to me. It feels like when kids used to play It feels play like a thing they did in World War II. Yeah, like a stick in a hoop as a game. But like the Simpsons had an episode on it. Did Hey Arnold have an episode? Yes, they did. Uh, well, no. There's, I think, involved motors because there was the Mauve Storm. They had that car that you, like one of the characters built. But I think there was also a soapbox component. Maybe that's a separate episode. I just remember like a go-kart thing. But yeah, it's something. And again, I think we ran, I forget what movie we said we ran in. Oh, it was with uh clones clones uh the other me where it was like the sea monkeys like that's a thing no one has ever experienced yeah. but it's something the writers knew when they grew up so they wrote an episode on it and said something how we're exposed that kind of because i've never understood this but i remember also, this maybe it also might be because of where we're from um it's true it, it appears to well, be a, a sport that requires hills well but oh well, that's fair and we're from the middle of we're the from, we're from illinois flat we're flatlanders but i was about to say this does take place not too far it takes place in indiana <laughs> does it really you didn't, I'm a, they say it most times they're from <laughs> goshen indiana which i googled it is the real place where again this guy lived is right next to South Bend, Indiana, Damn. and they travel to South Bend a couple times for I just races. Know they, they, at the end, they travel to like Akron, Akron, Akron Ohio. I have not said um, one word right. <laughs> I am amazed you didn't notice that, considering how often you're like, "Where are we?" Where I is was the a little place? taken aback by everything else. Yeah, happening. that's fair. There's a lot going on. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But let's. I didn't remember this being a true story to start into the plot. You did or you didn't? Did, did you? not. Oh, I, I think I vaguely remembered it, but I mean, like, I mean, it would be a weird thing to just make. Up. Yeah, it would be a. <laughs> That's what I was saying, kind of, is I feel like they wrote this movie, or the, whoever wrote this movie, and it had to be like, it's about this kid who's disabled. Hear me out. He's got a terribly sad existence. Hear me out. There's soapbox racing. And God like, is a race car driver. Oh, don't, oh, God. That is the one thing I really remembered. Because I think I, I did not remember that at all. Because I remembered, I think I mentioned before on an episode that Miracle in Lane 2 is crazy because there's like actual angels. That's not true. That's I, not true. That's me misremembering as a kid because angels show up at the end. But it's, That's Angels in the Outfield. There's a strong... Which is a better movie. There's a strong day... Can we watch Angels in the Outfield? I'll put it on the bonus episode list. There's a strong daydream component to this film, and my God, does it get old okay, fast. Okay, I was trying to figure out what came first, the chicken or the egg. This movie or Malcolm in the Middle? Because it's this very pre, Malcolm it's pre in the Middle. Pre-Malcolm. Like, was this his audition tape for Malcolm in the Middle? I the way that he does straight-to-camera shots, and there's this daydream component, and I was like, Frankie Muniz is an incredible child actor, and he always has been. He's great. So amazing. I forget I'm watching a child and but like he this is just Malcolm in the middle. It's very Malcolm in the middle. I for me it came off more as like 
a little bit, gave me a little bit of quince with how, remember how annoyed we were by how she constantly was like, but this here's was my daydream. But less annoying because it was Frankie Anno- Munez. Annoy- less annoying, yeah. Well, don't disparage KJB, KJB like that. Far less annoying, yes, but I was always like, I'm, I'm, I was okay with it happening and sometimes there are some decent gags with it. But the thing is, they just last forever and so I'm bored of it by the end, which at least uh, the quince didn't do and it was just like dumb little nonsense. But you're right, it, 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 this is pre-Malcolm in the middle. He does do a great job carrying this movie. I really buy him in this role. That being said, we are obviously not equipped to comment on how well he depicts being a disabled person. I'm not. I'm going to say on top, we're not equipped to say how well this movie depicts anything yes. about being disabled. They could be doing a terrible job. Absolutely. I'm not sure. My entire, here, guys, here's my entire input summed up from watching this movie, which is, damn, that sucks. That's that's all I could say. It was just like, God, this sucks. Like, it's rough, dog. Completely agree. But let's let's get into it exactly what's going on here. We open on the some kids playing basketball in their driveway uh, of, a, of a suburban home. It's so confusing that they play basketball all the time because the kid's a baseball star. Uh, he's and a, he's no, also a soccer he's star. Every, he's an everything star. He's great at every sport. They make that very clear. Soccer, baseball, football. He's everything. We never see him play basketball. He's the greatest Except athlete. for in this fucking driveway. He's the greatest, well, it's because it takes place during the summer and basketball's a winter sport. Is soccer very, a summer sport? Well, it's the end of soccer. Is soccer a spring sport, I think? Right? I don't fucking know, man. Anyway. I also said, speaking of things like just, just sucks, Justin Yoder is a tough name. Not a good name. It is a very, uh, like... Yoder is a, a really bad It's a very name. Amish Mennonite, like, yeah. his family name. And, and I knew that going in, and then I looked up on Wikipedia, and that his family are originally Mennonites, and I was like, that makes a million times more sense. Yoder, yeah. yeah. They're playing basketball. We get a little uh, narration from Frankie Munez, who, and I know... I don't think I got this in Malcolm in the Middle. I don't know if Emma's going to get this reference, but at least these opening scenes, young Frankie Muniz sounds a lot like Aang from Avatar The Last mm-hmm. Airbender. Like just the way he talks. I don't know what that is. This voiceover fucking sent me to the moon. Oh yeah, they hit you at hard quick. Point, okay, like he's literally like, the reveal is like, I got like a cool brother and a mom and a dad. And like, I'm in a wheelchair, but I guess I can't complain. And I was like, you can complain about being disabled. Yes. Like, I, I want to say that up top to Frankie Muniz. That's like a theme of multiple times. Like, I can't complain. I'm like, no, you, you've been dealt a pretty tough hand. Like, is, I think you are allowed to complain. It is literally said, and I, I'm jumping so far ahead here. The dad later at one point says to the older brother, Seth, I wonder what's more difficult, being a kid in a wheelchair or being the kid in the wheelchair the with being brother. A kid and I said, I was like, the wheelchair the, one. I'm the one who's an inch from death. The, every the moment one who has a serious medical, not not serious, only does he serious not medical only condition. is that kid in a wheelchair. I want to say this up top yes we are later told his brain is going to explode at any moment he literally says those words like he it's insane i feel like like he is living in constant like i feel bad because i feel like we're being insensitive these are the words he uses and like and everyone's like oh can't complain i'm like no you could complain about that i think you could allowed to complain complain also who is this mom she's in everything Uh, she's amazing uh, she's the she's the best character in the film. Um, Holding this family so together. With the strength of her mama bear arms. Emma, I'm going to tell you exactly who she is because I recognize her too, but I couldn't place I couldn't it. I couldn't place her. She's the mom from Unfabulous. God damn it, that's <laughs> who it is. <laughs> Emma, I think we've talked about it before. Emma loved, loved that, but refused to admit it because it was a Nickelodeon. It was a. 
I was talking about Unfabulous last night. I was talking because I was watching Valentine's Day, which if you guys don't know, stars Emma Roberts and her co-star from Unfabulous as a romantic interest. And then we were talking about the mom from Unfabulous. How did I not put two and two together? Emma refused to admit that she liked Unfabulous for years because it was like on, day it was on like, day. it was on like Nickelodeon still. Boy, and she was like a rebellious teenager. She was like, no, I don't watch it. And then I would constantly catch her watching Unfabulous and be like, Emma, why are you watching the show? And be like, it's terrible. I don't know. Let's not get too deep into Nickelodeon here. We're there for the Disney Channel crowd. But yeah, Frankie Muniz, whose name is Justin, gives us a full breakdown of his family. He's got an older brother, Seth, uh, who loves playing sports. His dad, who works too hard, very on the nose there. And two jobs. Uh, Yeah, he's a college professor. And And a house painter. And he paints houses. Sure, go off. Um, At night, seemingly. That was another question I had. Why is he painting those houses at night? At night. He's um, like, I got a painting job. I go, sir, it's 8 p.m. You're not going to be able to see what fucking house you're painting. <laughs> that happens like two times. It does happen a lot. Um, and then, as we mentioned, best character in the film, his mom, whose name they rarely mention. Her name is Sheila. Um, which, again, those are all the names of Justin Yoder's actually fa- actual family, which I found crazy that they just were like, yeah, use our whole family. Who cares? She's on the phone frigging defending Justin's honor, being like, how would you feel if your son was discriminated against? Like, she's constantly like, my son can do everything anyone else can do. I love him so much. He's just like everybody else. This actress is also fantastic. She's She sells it a million percent. The dad is pretty boring. And the, but they and, have a raw sexual chemistry. Oh, don't even get when me started. When he comes we'll home from up. work. Yeah. No, in this opening yeah, this scene. Opening this scene, is the opening yeah. scene. When he comes home from work, they are on each other like white on rice. He, I'm pretty sure he grabs her ass. I, like, you know, she, it's from the waist up so you don't see it. But I'm pretty sure that happened. Again, I want to say this because it's a through line here this whole movie. The second I saw God, I was like, okay, this is going to be overtly religious. And it is. But then there's shit like that where the parents are fucking. They make it very clear that these people are very sexually repressed. <laughs> like they have to put no, so. The parents no, 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 are not repressed. No, 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 they no, no, are fucking no, 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 their brains no, 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 up. No, that's what I'm saying. They, are, they have to put so much energy into taking care of their son that they just need to bone it every possible opportunity. Oh, and when they have, when it's, when, when they're together and they when, have time, it's when, green light go. Yeah, it's green light go. It's green light. No, no words need to be spoken. <laughs> They've developed a sign language of eye flutters I and really knowing I really like looks. it because honestly, you would think the lazy storytelling here would be like all of the stress, the dad's working two jobs, the mom's also a realtor and Oh yeah, we forgot to mention. That woman can do it all. She's she, a realtor and a She's cooking, she's baking, she's making deals. Houses. It's incredible. Closing escrow, I don't know what that means, but that, <laughs> <laughs> like, the lazy storytelling there would be they are taking care of their disabled son, working multiple jobs, trying to make ends meet, driving their older son to and from, like, you know, many games... The lo- the sex could have gone out of their marriage. It could have been put under a bushel. Like, light they, light they, put they, under they, a bushel they're basket. They're so focused on they all this. They could have been, you know, like it could have like really put a strain on their sexual chemistry. Instead, no, no, the storytelling the choice we've got here. Their passion hot. has never. Been. The red hot intensity of a thousand suns burns in their and loins. And they have to just fit that passion and in with the rest of their activities. I want to make it explicitly clear. The dad audience. is also hot, and the mom is hot. They're both very hot. I know we have a tendency to play things up for. No, goose. we're not. <laughs> we're not. They, there's a couple scenes. No, it. Watch the film. I. It, it is so. They. Oh God, I can't even get into it until we get. No, there. until we get to the actual moment. Did we get into more things? The other thing that we did forget to mention about the brother, his name is Seth. Uh, he is one of the main characters from So Weird, um, which is a Disney Channel show. I don't have any experience with, but I know a lot of people love and probably would be upset if we didn't mention. So first of all, full family. They've suffered enough, thank God. There's no dead parent. So we meet the whole family, and they also introduce 
Um, their curmudgeonly neighbor, Vic, uh, Saunders. Old, no, they literally call him old man Vic. Yes. This man is 45 at most. <laughs> He's not that old. He's not that old. And he just like shows up in the scene for no reason. Like they, his ba- their basketball almost hits his car. And he's like, ah, oh, you damn kids. I'm <laughs> my 40 year old self is. Yeah, this man should be 70 in a good, in a normal writing of this movie. He should be like a curmudgeon. He is, well, he is curmudgeon. You can be curmudgeon at any age. Emma. He's more just scary. We then, they, they kind of hide the fact that Justin's in a wheelchair chair because he's just looking out the window and for the then, whole voice yeah and then seth comes in and his parents are like hey get ready we have to go to this funeral and he goes i don't want to go to the funeral she goes okay talk to your dad and then we cut to justin being like in his full suit in a, in a wheelchair also okay just to start saying some controversial things seth gets to not go to the funeral because he has a tummy ache justin's in a wheelchair <laughs> why does he have to go to the funeral i don't think it's explicitly the tummy ache yet no and, he says he has a tummy ache and he never oh, shuts think, up I, I thought he just said dad I, dad told me i didn't have to go i've so heard enough of the about this man's ibs to last me a <laughs> lifetime I did think he had just had like IBS. He does have IBS. He needs to fucking watch his diet. He just keeps shitting his brains out. No, it's like out. a stress thing. It's it, whatever. Oh, I'm over him. Um, as Emma mentioned, we go from that to probably why the, is God a personified? Mechanic? No, it's more just why is there God like just there? They don't set it up in any way, shape, or form. He's just like yeah. Well, he talks about like he's sitting in front of a shelf full of his brother's trophies. And he looks at his shelf. He's very sad. He doesn't have any trophies. This is a really important line for some fucking reason. And they say, and he's like, yeah, all the trophies they show that you're special. Normally, I hate that word. Yeah. Um, because the people use it all, all about me all the time. But he feels like he he's not accomplishing so enough because, you know, his brother is this golden god on the, on any sports field. And so he's like, so when you're a kid in my situation, you turn to what what else? And then just a hard cut to a man working on a, a NASCAR. But there's also a poster of Bobby Wade there. This yes, race car driver. Yes. That is, the, that is, serves as the metaphorical god. The, the face actor, of god. Yes, the face of god is Bobby Wade. This uh, Is that a real race car driver? No, I don't <laughs> Actually, I'm not confident enough in that, but I'm like 90% sure. Do you think they're going to pace? I mean, it's obviously an actor. That guy's obviously... Also, the decision to give that man mutton chops. Oh, his face is crazy. Okay, it's not a real race. No, it's not a real person. I didn't think so. No, no, no. Not mutton chops. They're like zigzags. It's like his his sideburns go down and zigzag on his face. He looks like the lead singer of like a Smash Mouth-esque band. Can I say something really controversial? It's not actually really controversial. It's not controversial at all. Why I don't think this works and why I understand what they're trying to do with the personification of God is it is giving you a way to get into Justin's head that is like more interesting than a basic voiceover (laughs) of like, what would a kid that has been dealt this tough hand be like struggling with or asking God in this case, like why me, blah, blah, blah. Like I find that concept to be very endearing because it's like- And it makes sense. And it makes sense. But the problem is with Justin's character, he's not really ever struggling. He's a very, very confident kid who seems really sure of himself, understands his disease. Like, and he's not going to let it hold him back. Not going to let it hold him back. And then he gets into these cutaways with God and he's like, why did you make me so fucked up? And it's like, he's not exhibiting those that insecurity at all in his other scenes. Yeah, they, it really doesn't And he's even when he's talking to God, he's like joking around. Like yeah, it's, it's all very jokey. It's, it's mostly in this scene where they kind of set that up and it doesn't really carry over. You're totally right. Thankfully, there's not too many of these and most of the other times it does exist. It's just about what's going on in the story. Um, Because like he doesn't get to, uh, later on, 
God he doesn't get to play baseball and he goes to God being like, why can't I play baseball? And the God and God's just like, who cares? That's the thing is nothing God said is, is helpful. No, or, and or like, profound or like makes me think differently about the character. Yeah. And like the other thing about it too is like, and I think it's kind of a point to be fair. If there was a larger thing here of like, he is trying to do soapbox derby, like, which I guess you're supposed to think, but really to be quite honest, his entire motivation this entire time is to get a trophy. Yes. That's, that's like literally, it's the physical act of getting a trophy. He really doesn't think of himself as less than. Like, he is very assured in himself. And, like, he is, like, a really, like, he- like headstrong kid. And, like, he just wants to, like, win something. Which mm-hmm. is a totally fine motivation to have. But then it's weird when they're doing these deep-ass cutaways where he's like, why is everybody perfect in heaven? And it's like, well, this isn't what the rest of the movie is about. Like, Oh, that last one makes no sense. We'll talk about it when we get there. I, I- kind of think it's a cop-out. Not a cop-out, but just like Disney not knowing how to do it in 2001. We're like, just make a main character disabled. And their whole personality doesn't have to be them being disabled. You know what I mean? Like, he could just be a kid who is disabled who wants to win soapbox derbies and wants to win this trophy. And like, they have to do all this deep stuff that I don't really think works with his character. Yeah, no, again, that's the crux of the movie is all the deep stuff about being disabled and, like, what that does to a family and, like, what that does to your personality. And, like, that's fine if you want to make that movie. But but then it, why are we in a soapbox derby movie No, not, well? No, not only are we in a soapbox, but then we have to go put, like, the Little League and the chess and all the stuff we're about to get into. And I'm going to, I'm honestly, I, I, I this is going to sound weird to say, I'm going to try and speed up through a lot of this because oh, a lot yeah. of it is the same beats. Um, and it all of it just serving to the point where we actually get into the soapbox stuff because that's really where the plot starts if you think about it but the main things that are dropped here and I'm I also with that in mind I am going to just explain his situation because he explains like seven times over the course of the movie and it gets really repetitive he has a condition called spina bifida where the like fluid in his, his spinal cord it like pools and that has led to another condition called hydrocephalus where he has fluid on the brain mm-hmm. um, where there's too much brain fluid and it can like flood and kill him he will die not an exaggeration so they have also called it okay never mind he has a shunt put into his head to drain the fluid for him so that doesn't happen but it can very easily malfunction um something can go wrong with it the fluid will pool and he will die um that was way too chipper a tone to have with that but that's that's how he he approaches it that's how he approaches it so it's both of those combined and i was floored immediately watching this movie i just remembered him being paraplegic didn't remember but then like if this shunt malfunctions like it's he's it's lights over. out like he's done and he literally says it like that he's like i've had more surgeries than most like adults like it's crazy but so yeah the brother seth gets out of the funeral and then we are in now in a catholic church unfortunately at the funeral with justin and i watch this kid grapple with his own fucking mortality I, yeah but also i don't know like we he already did that kind of and he does that more than the movie i don't get what the point of this scene is i think it's meant to reinforce the trophy winning thing because he feels like no one will have anything to say about him at his funeral like he has a whole again prolonged daydream sequence. I really sequence. liked the joke in this prolonged daydream sequence that is not well executed, but I can see what they're fucking going for. Is they do this joke where it's like Justin, ah, uh, what do I say about Justin? Oh, he had a wheelchair, and it's like he doesn't want to just be the kid in the wheelchair. Yes. He doesn't want to have the only thing that people remember about him be his 
wheelchair, which is a very good thing to have him think. Right, but, but it didn't they need don't to do it well. <laughs> and I'm it didn't need to, you didn't need to take a ten minute you fake eulogy yeah, scene. Yeah, exactly. To dr- to they could have done that in like two lines. Like, what if when I die, all this kid has is like he was a cute kid in a wheelchair. No, like, no, no, not even that. You could have done the daydream thing. I think the daydream thing is honestly fine, but you gotta keep it short. You gotta keep it snappy. The fact that it goes on and on where the reverend is like, and that wheelchair had chrome wheels and blah, blah, blah. And he just keeps going and it drags all the air out of the scene. And again, I was thinking and I was like, oh, maybe like the the uncle who they're visiting, like he has a soapbox racer, Justin's going to inherit or something like that. I'm sure that'll come up soon. Buckle your seatbelts, not happened for another like 45 minutes. Um, so then we cut to uh, the next day. Seth is getting ready to go to a soccer game. The whole I also wrote, there. it's soccer. You just worked up over soccer. Relax, Greg. It's fucking soccer. Thank That's you. one of my favorite Thank movie you. lines of all time. Yeah, I'm sure you've used I it thought before. he was like a basketball star or a football He's star. He's everything. But like fucking soccer. They come, really they come, from, a soccer. Spo- they come from a sports dynasty, which I don't believe. The dad- a, There's no such thing as an American soccer no. dynasty. Let's be no, honest. No, 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 no. Not a soccer dynasty. They're just like, oh, your dad was like a amazing at sports I in high school. I believe that. That dad's built. But like, that's the thing of like, who cares? Like, if my dad was amazing at sports and my brother was also amazing at sports, they would just be like, yeah, that makes sense. But they're like, no, the dynasty must continue. It's like- What what, dynasty? He's a college professor. He doesn't do anything with it. He's not like a pro football player or anything. He's just a guy. Okay, this soccer game, by the fucking way, should have been rained out. The torrential muddy. It's so muddy. (laughs) I literally- you guys, when I tell you these kids are playing in a mud pit and a torrential downpour. One of those kids drowned in the mud. I absolutely, I'm not even questioning I said that. it's dangerously wet. Yeah. And I go, ref, it's high school soccer. How about we call it well, and this, reschedule for the this next This actually day? leads, Emma, I have a theory and we'll get to it later. I have a pretty strong theory that all the youth sports in these area are shady ass operations. Oh, this soccer <laughs> game. That's not, I'm mostly about the baseball later, but now that you bring this up, this is a great point. There's no, like they talk about insurance companies hassling the league and all stuff. They should be hassling this league. These are dangerous conditions. This is an conditions. insurance nightmare. Absolutely. The kids, the fact that nobody fucking broke a leg running in this torrential downpour mud field. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Seth's team wins because he's amazing. He's the best in the country. Best in the country. Also, this is another point where he goes, he always takes me on a victory lap around after he wins a big soccer game in that mud. <laughs> And he's like mad that Seth doesn't take him for a victory lap. And I go, bro, your chairs, if we go through that mud, it's not getting out. Yeah, you need to equip hydrofoils <laughs> onto your wheelchair in order to make that feasible. But I guess he doesn't, that's, Seth doesn't have that reasoning. The reasoning Seth doesn't take him on a victory lap is because he's macking on this blonde girl. Six to midnight. Who is four inches taller than him. Hashtag short king. <laughs> <laughs> who I don't think ever gets a name and just kind no, of. No, is nameless. Groupie. And, and, full just, groupie. and just kind of shows up in the movie because he's playing basketball. With She's a, always around. He's playing basketball with his friend, whose name I don't remember, and another. I feel like it's a different girl in the beginning, and they mentioned her to like no, be his. No, it's name. always the same girl. Is it the same girl? It's the blonde. I feel like girl. she just shows up here. I thought she had shorter hair in the beginning. No, because they like were a, just saying. Because in his narration, he's like, "Oh, everybody loves their neighbors around here," and so I was like, "Oh, these kids are the neighbors." Seth really loves his neighbor. If yeah, you know what I mean. Girl next door. And then they do the awards in the driving yes. rain. I'm like, go under a tarp. What the fuck is going oh. on? They are handing out end of season awards in a torrential downpour. Correct. Also, we did forget to mention that the dad's not there because like I'm saying he had a 6 p.m. he had a 6 p.m. <laughs> a 6 p.m. A, a torrential uh, downpour he's know. painting a house and it's getting wet and it's just he had to make a house call and couldn't come I feel like this guy has to have a cover story like it's not actually oh, he's definitely having an affair because <laughs> no I think Emma 
the passion in that hat marriage is too real. I was thinking more it's like a, a double T. Not, no, no, no. Right if on my track. husband came home and a torrential downpour at 6 p.m. and said, I got to go paint a house, I go, well, who are you fucking? No, I think he's going to meet the drug like the drug supplier, like we said for right on track. He's doing dark things to afford everything for Justin. To afford all this soapbox material, which, by the way, looks like such an expensive sport. Really? I don't think so. It looks like you just take freaking shit wood from like the junkyard, <laughs> sand it down, and like put your frail child inside and send it down the hill. <laughs> Roll it down the hill. The you know how to wire a braking system, right, My Dad? God. Steering system? You betcha. He F's they that <laughs> I was crying. <laughs> the fact that the dad wires the steering system and almost kills his son. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that serious, but it's really hilarious. Is it not that serious? That I mean, crash was, was insane. It was a big crash. It was a pretty. It wasn't the worst crash, but it was. It was rough. Also, also the funniest part of that crash after we we find out at later that the dad fucked up the steering, but as he pulls him from the wreckage, he goes, "You would think a kid in a wheelchair would know how to steer." <laughs> what the fuck? Everyone takes such weird shots in this movie. Hot shots. Hot shots. That's what I was gonna say. <sighs> is this is the first. We, we have to mention this because it, it plants the seed as literally <laughs> wiping tears for me. Um, that plants the seed is they're getting ready to go to the soccer game and he's like, can't gotta go paint this house a wink. Um, <laughs> and Seth looks at Justin and goes, thanks a lot. Justin's like, what did I do? I was like, are you blaming your... Yes. He is. And he does it multiple times. Because the dad... Okay, they, they don't make this super clear enough I think for children at the beginning. Not the Everything's beginning. a they mystery could. in the beginning. There's too many they mysteries happening. Later. But number one, it's like, why is Seth pissed at Justin about the dad painting houses in the rain? And it's like, <laughs> Seth is older and understands that the dad is taking on a second job to pay for Justin's medical bills. Because yes. America is a broken country and these people are just like underwater. With and I'm sure bills. I'm sure it's shitty university healthcare. It's not footing the bill. It's not footing the bill. So then it cuts to Justin at breakfast. This is where they get into the nitty gritty of his yep. disease. And I literally go, I did not remember this. This disease is actually terrifying. He is literally at any moment awaiting his imminent death if this shunt malfunctions. Yeah, if the shunt malfunctions, he says, I need to be rushed to the hospital. Otherwise- and I was like, what are the odds of the shunt malfunctioning? Like, can they tell me what's the over-under on this? Is it like one in a millionth chance that happens? No, There's- it seems to happen. Like, it can just happen frequently. And it's like- his symptom is getting a headache. Yes. Well, like, I think there are other telltale signs that he's supposed to be aware of, like getting dizzy and stuff. Like we see later, spoiler alert, this, this Chekhov's gun goes off. And they do this in the most awful way. Again, just a, not a, officially a pot shot, but just like, why would you show this this way? Where he goes, yeah, you know, this fluid can build up in my head. And if we, I don't get to the hospital quick enough. And it cuts to his mom cracking an egg in a yeah, frying pan. And he's that? like, my brain's going to explode. And I was like, why would you? That's like the, this is your brain on drugs uh, metaphor. It's like, why would you do that? And like, <laughs> also that mom's 90s fashion goes crazy. Oh, also, She's looking fire. Also her hair. In it's, this, oh. it's, she is, it's all working for her. But he, they're looking at it like, hey, Justin, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. I just got a headache. And then they're like, headache. And they've got like to-go bags. or like, could you call the hospital? They're getting ready to rush him out. And he has to like stop him. Like, no, 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 no. It's just not thinking that, too hard. Headache. It's not that kind of headache. Also, this is the scene where he says the phrase refugee from a family sports dynasty. Yes, this is the word sports and, dynasty. And I said, wow, we're playing really fast and loose with the word refugee. And I guess. dynasty. It's your dad is was good at sports. <laughs> 
literally 30 years ago. Like, like, no one cares. Everyone's forgotten. Like, that's the thing is they needed to do a thing where, like, they had the wall of, like, the dad's trophies and then the wall of the brother's trophies. The dad seems like a completely normal he, guy. No, like, if you told me that man never picked up a ball in his life, I would believe you. Like, who cares, you know? We see him play basketball once. At the place? end with the, with the brother. And so then it cuts to Seth is pounding around with his buddy on the paper route with the girl he's trying to Also, bang. I want to be clear before this. At the kitchen table, he calls, and this is me playing truly ignorant, but I tried to Google it because I didn't want to be ignorant, and I, I'm not sure what he says. I would have to rewatch it. At the kitchen table, he does not say spina bifida. No, sp- he this says is the neuro, hydro- He says neuro... No, no, no. This is hydrocephalus. Hydrocephalus. He, he said that, I, yeah, the hydrocephalus he explains here and then explains the spina bifida later. Later, okay. And I did Google it, and obviously they got it accurate because it's a real person, but those conditions are very common. They're they blinks. It, yeah, yeah. Yes. It's generally the spina bifida, I believe, causes the hydrocephalus. I couldn't find the name for that first thing because I could hydrocephalus, no, I, I couldn't I, remember what he I, said. I really dove into some research on this one. I was interested. I wanted to see how they got, and from what I can tell, it checks out. Like I said, they were weirdly, really committed to the specific gruesome details of this man's also life. Also, not to be incredibly gruesome, but like this man is still alive, ostensibly. Yeah, I yeah. googled him. Yeah, he's alive. Are we to believe? I'm like, I'm wondering, like, did like medical advancements get better? Is are the odds of these shunts malfunctioning now much lower? I'm not are sure. They, or I guess my question is like, are they hyping up? And I'm not accusing them of this. I'm just wondering the probability of the shunts malfunctioning for the drama of this film. Because I was fucking terrified the entire time. I mean, I doubt, like, yeah, that that actually happened to him at one point and as dramatically as it did. But I mean, I feel like it's the kind of thing that... Oh, you mean he doesn't have his shunts malfunction, check out of the hospital, and then immediately go to fucking so far as (laughs) something It's not immediate. It's not immediate. It is the day moments after. They untake the IV out of his arm and get back in that car. The shunt thing to me read as something that is going to happen at... As it continually gets used, and you just have to be on top of it. You know, I might, will I might, if I can convince him to do it, we might do a Dr. Jeffrey Tyler cut-in of my dad explaining how any of this works. I don't think I'll get him to do it. I don't think we'll get him to do it. But I'll see. So after going into the gruesome details of his lifelong disease. We're palling around. We're palling around, uh, you know, in the middle of the street. They let him in the middle of the street way too much for a kid. Guys, I am not trying to parent shame these (laughs) fucking parents, but like the thing they let. Go go to the street for a little while, kids. Go to the street. Let me get the strawberry massage oil. Don't even start with me that. This has nothing to do with him being disabled or differently abled. This has everything to do with him being fucking 12. Yeah. The way that they let these kids fucking roam, I know it was like the 90s when this was filmed but like put your fucking like eyes on this kid they let him go wherever i guess seth is technically watching him but i, I don't but trust spo- seth as far as spoiler I can alert and this hit me like a freight train i thought seth was seth was like 16 17 yeah, he's, he's 16 he's 14 okay he's it, two it. he's two years older than justin and he's like a, a, clearly an adolescent man i was like oh you've got to be kidding that kid me. is not 14 because and because later so what happens here is yeah, the kid the his friend whose name does not matter has a paper route and he's throwing papers while they're all chatting and talking about Vic, the curmudgeonly neighbor. Okay, I gotta say something right now. They're talking about Vic and they're doing the whole Sandlot bit of uh, he's the old curmudgeon and you know you never want to go to his I believe I also refer to it as a Sandlot bit. It's a Sandlot bit and and I love it. But there is something that they say here that they never fucking explain that I was hoping for them to wrap up the entire movie. They go, his lights never go on. Old man Vic, in the canonically in this movie, does not use his lights. He's a vampire. They're like, we watch all day, all night, and like the, the lights yeah, never they're really on. interested what in this man's life. What the fuck is that? And then I was like, there has to be a reason that he's not using his lights. They never explain nope. it. And then number two, there's a comment, creepy. and they go, 
They're like, yeah, I heard he's grave robbing, but keeping the coffins in there. If you're grave robbing, you don't, would you, you ever don't take, take the, the coffin? coffin? That's a very weirdly specific point to gripe on, Emma, but I do agree with you. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's like freaking, what is it? As much as we were saying Sandlot, it's more honestly like Home Alone, where it's like the old man Marley with the salt bucket. Ladies well, I guess at it's this just point, I thought these kids were fucking legend. 17, and yes. I was like, what's wrong with you? But now that they're 12, I well, guess. He's, yeah, 14 is honestly still a little old. But yeah, one of the friggin' friends' newspapers he throws and it hits a tree and it explodes everywhere and they rush to pick it all up and a flyer for Little League lands in Justin's lap and he gets the idea, oh, I'm going out for Little League, baby, let's go. And Seth is like, uh, that's gonna be tricky. You'll have to convince mom and dad. And he's like, well, I played t-ball. And he's and he goes, well, they only let you do that because mom made them change the rules for you. Queen, 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 queen. queen. Slay. And he tells him, you're gonna have to pick your moment. You really have to butter him up and choose the right moment to strike. I'll help you, but don't go in with any real expectations of making this happen. And he goes, yeah, that'll make sense. And it cuts to them. No, and fuck off. What? And then he goes, I think I want to play baseball. And he goes, and, and the friend goes, what position? The base? Oh, God. I forgot about that. I blocked that from my memory. Oh my God. And even Seth. Who no, no, no. Seth goes, hey, so-and-so, do you remember how many kids that survived? What did that? What? 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 And then like, but he has to chastise his own Does friend. your mom have any kids that survived? What does that mean? I don't know. There's so many lines like that where I'm just like, what does that mean in relation to what we were just talking about? As what position? The base. I, I fully blocked that from my memory because it's so, such a wild pot but shot. But you're 12 year old kid in a wheelchair. This is not a bully. This is his friend. What the who the fuck would say that? If I if I said that to my the, my best friend's little brother, he would have every right to cut to me beat out of the his life. Shit out yeah, of you. Just be like, never come to my house again. You're an awful human being. Okay, so now they're at dinner. I, I could not let you go there without bringing that. Yes, yeah, so no, thank you for stopping. I just fully didn't want to. My brain didn't even want to retain that. They're at dinner. The mom and because, the, there is a on this table. There is a wishbone salad dressing that triggered like an, <laughs> a core memory of my mind growing up in the nineties. Do you remember what wishbone salad dressings look like? I need to look it up. Look it up. Look up the bottle. I think I know Not what you're talking about. Not the dog with phone. <laughs> Look up Sadder. They're green. Yeah, green. yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And there was one on the table and I was like, my you. I thought you were talking about the salad dressing that came in a spray bottle for a second. Do you remember? Oh, I remember thing? those. That was a thing. Those are going to be the reason we all have cancer in 40 years. <laughs> telling you guys that right now. Salad spritzers. Salads. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I want to give There was a raspberry one. Salad the, spritzers. Yeah. The main ingredient. Also from Wishbone. I was right. Okay. <laughs> Wishbone really fell off. But by the way, freaking, I immediately came to Sheila's defense because the- Oh du- yeah, wait, the, wait, is she serving them? Okay, wait. Just- the, dad and the, the dad and the brother are shitting on her for not being able to like cook a meal and she's like, I had two showings really close together so I had to just pick something up at like a grab and go. So she got them all- Did she buy them soup at a gas station? It's what it feels it's like. like. She says stop and go, which yeah. sounds like a gas station. Yeah, and like they're all dumping on her and I'm like, guys, get off her dick, okay? She does so much for this family. You can't let her slide one time. But Justin make a big show be like, I like it. Give me some more. Like trying to buy I her like mom Seth holds up a Cipollini onion and goes, it looks like a dead because it looks yeah, like it's a clear, Yeah, it's clearly an onion. I don't know what he was talking about. But he's sucking up just like Seth told him. And then Seth gets jealous that the mom's like, oh, you're my best boy, Justin. And he goes, he's only doing that because he freaking wants to play Little League and he thinks she'll say no. Because Seth is an insane human being. This is, I will say, Actually, I, am, I am feeling more now for Seth that I know that he's supposed to be canonically 14. Yeah, well, When I thought he was 16, I was, he, I was like, 
this man is unhinged. I also, I, sh- I do need to apologize for saying that because I, the movie doesn't handle it well, but he is genuinely seeing a therapist about some of like his feelings about being in this family. I mean, he has anger issues. Well, it's anger issues, but it's also just like his fear about like, losing his brother, as we'll find out later, the stress of being the in this sports dynasty oh my God. and just all that and all that stuff. And so I, I appreciate- I can totally get seeing a therapist for like the frustration you might feel for this like happening. Yes. You know, and like, and like the way that it has changed your family dynamic and things like that. But there's like little outbursts like this where I, when I thought he was like 16 or 17, I was like, are you fucking good, sir? I do, yeah. Well, I, for me, I never came around Suffer to the... in silence and have a tummy ache. Don't fucking do that. Yeah, move out when you're 18. <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, I never came around because he's so clearly an older human being. Like he just, the way he, just the way he looks would make, yeah, upset it, it me. Yeah, it, it upsets me. Like even when you find out he's 14, I'm still, I, but at that point, I'm already not on the same side as him. Also, by the way, the uh, the therapy thing, they do not handle it well because it's the 2000s where if you see a therapist, oh, you're you need, crazy. You're a criminal. You're criminally insane and need to be committed to Arkham Asylum. That was, and also it's the, the kid. They will get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, it's such a, a fucking rat king of problematic. It's, it's a lot, gang. Um, I didn't think this movie was going to be so problematic. It's I'm a lot. Be, I, well, I thought it was going to be heartwarming. I, well, I mean, when they're trying to tackle disabled issues, you know it is chill. I should have remembered that it was 2001 yeah, and we weren't ready two, for this. Two, 2000. Basically, he blows it for Justin because he, he blurts it out. And they do, a, again, an extended... These are the only... The, I like these, the, though. I think these are bad, legitimately funny. Not bad, but they, need, they go on too long. Scenes of the family court. Where the, where, the, where the parents are like lawyers and then Seth is the judge and he's like, you know, on the bench or whatever. And like the dad gives the arguments for why he shouldn't play Little League. The mom says he can do anything anyone else can do. I love the kind of like, they don't like really lean into it as much as I wish they would. But like the mom has kind of like a feminist activist vibe that I like really love where like the dad's like, you know, they would like, even if she, it was Jackie Robinson, you can't play baseball. Oh, I did love this joke. And she goes, and the mom goes, and you know what? I don't know who Jackie Robinson is, but I bet she would have been great at baseball. If they let her play in a wheelchair. If they let her play in a wheelchair. She doesn't know who Jackie Queen, Robinson is. Queen, icon, I think icon. it's a woman. Like, I icon. fucking loved that. I thought um, that was great. I also, I also, I'd be remiss not to mention this. So if, this is the first instance. They're also all in Barrister's Wake. Yeah, yeah, like, they do a full, like, England thing. They do mention here that maybe they could get put uh, Seth and Justin on the same team so they would, he could look out for him a little bit. And I was like, how is that remotely possible? You're clearly a 16, 17 year old. But, uh, but I guess if you're 14 and he's supposed to be 12, that's kind of close enough. And I'm like, you think that's really going to help Seth's anger but, issues? But the thing that they do here is they act like he is literally going into combat. They're like, this is real ball. Like, this is yeah, out for wrong out for little... blood baseball. I played Little League for nine years. It's mostly kids that don't want to be there. Luke like, used to just sit around and braid the grass. Oh, yeah. Well, because if, if they put the kids with no talent in the outfield because you Luke. did. Because no, <laughs> no one ever hit it that Because no far. child can hit it that far. Uh, when you get to be 12 or 14, you maybe get it to be a bit closer but i played little league for and a I long just time i had to go to these interminably long games and try to flirt with the other players older brothers <laughs> in the bleachers <sighs> um i legitimately had more fun at like oh not away games um, of my own but like when i was younger and they and i would be they would let me help the people who ran the scoreboard i was having more fun with the scoreboard but than my I did point baseball. is like again you're right feeding back into your original point what's going on with this youth sports in this town oh we'll because, get there in a second wait, everybody 
calm the fuck down and let the kid in the wheelchair play? I listen. We are who not. Who the fuck cares? We are not from Goshen, Indiana. I, but uh, they must take their sports seriously in this town. That dad is a member of the sports dynasty. I'm just like, I'm, they, I'm totally the on reason, the mom's the, side. Can everyone shut the fuck the, up? The reason that insurance companies are after these leagues is because <laughs> they play no holds barred. Like they're putting kids in the hospital, and the town is like, like good. Gonna, the town is like good, are good. We're gonna they're, slide tackle the twelve year old kid. They want bread and circuses. There will be blood tonight on the field. <laughs> in a 12-year-old little lay game. like. But yeah, the mom basically wins the argument and she's like, I'm going to go and talk to the coach myself. And I, I we need to set this up. They have Justin in the back. You know, they have a wheelchair accessible van so he can they can take him places. And he's drinking a very large And I icy... knew that was going to come back in the Yeah. Play. But I will say the movie does not do a good job setting up his digestional tract issues. They no, that, never talk about it. This is the first it. time it comes up. I thought, Until after this happens. I thought this was going to be, what I thought it was going to be is they it's were... It's not a random puke moment. He has, he throws up like three times yes. a week. He, yeah, and he shits himself. <laughs> uh, that Or has, or at least pees himself. They say pees himself. They don't say pees. <laughs> That's what happens. I'm sorry. Sorry, Luke. I'm not laughing at the fact that he shits himself. I'm laughing at the gravitas, but Luke just looked at me and goes, he shits himself. And I was like, okay, yes. So, but and no. pisses himself. He has he has bladder and bowel control <sighs> issues. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, dude, this sucks. You have to give him that on top of being paralyzed. Like, God, that's the worst. Yeah, back to my original thesis. You can complain a little bit. But what I thought it was, huh. what I thought it actually was going to be is she being the ultimate, like, mama bear can get her son to do anything in this cruel, cruel world. Um, What I thought it was going to be that she was convinced the coach to at least let him do like a tryout, like at least get out there and like try and hit the ball. And because he drank all that, he was going to have to use the bathroom. But because... He's a paraplegic. It was going to be like a whole a, ordeal, a whole ordeal that you could not feasibly do mm-hmm. in the time in the sphere of like a game because you know they have batting orders and positions that so he was going to hold it and pee himself. Or, or well, no, just that like they were going to realize like we can't, you can't yeah. do that in this league kind of thing, which would have been shitty and suck. Um, and I don't know if that's an actual this problem is just for a, honestly a weird. This was a weird choice. This was a weird, more dramatic movie choice. She's like, she also says, if you don't let that, so we meet this coach who's the biggest asshole in on the face of the earth. <laughs> Who would ever say these things in front of the fucking kid? He's right there. The kid's right fucking there. And he's like, not happening. Um, The insurance. He says, no, he says, what if he gets hurt? This is the line. The insurance, what if he gets hurt? The insurance companies are already giving, (laughs) already give us trouble. And I was like, what is going on in this little league team that you have the insurance insurance wolves at the door? (laughs) Insurance companies are breathing down my neck. One or two kids die a season. And it's like. (laughs) (laughs) One more torn ACL and this league is finished. (laughs) These kids are 12. What's going on? Oh my God. But then also he goes, and then what if he gets hurt? And then the other kids can't play. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And the mom yeah, well, jumps no, no, down no, no. his throat. No, that's right? what the mom says. She's like, if any of the kids could get hurt and they can't yeah. play, like that doesn't matter. And like he clearly is just like Rrr. and she like tries to be like he Seth can't play if Justin can't play you know which uh, kind of fucked up with the mom to do that well no a little number one but also number two she doesn't stick to that they tell him no and then he continues to play baseball yeah yeah, yeah that was a bluff but she says listen Justin just tell him how great you were at t-ball like you know you hit a home run like you did all your stuff and he goes I I, and he pukes in the man's face, which honestly, honestly, he deserved it. But this is where, and then they're, and then they're driving home and Seth is like, I knew that was not going to work. If he's, and again, horrible pot shots that he's just throwing out. If he's not puking two times a week, uh, two times a day, he's peeing himself or something (laughs) like that. That's literally the line guys. And Justin in the backseat goes, he is there. He he says, guys, you know, I'm here, right? Like I can hear everything you're saying. It's crazy to 
Justin only says that once in this movie. He should say that multiple times. Like, you guys know I'm like sitting right here. And again, massive asshole says, I don't want Justin at the, my games anymore. I don't want him to watch me play. And again, this is another line that I, what What does that mean where he goes, if Justin gets to be typical, so does everybody else. What, what how does, does that, that mean? How does that apply to the situation? I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't know what Justin's presence at these games ruins for you. And so then the, the pace picks up a little bit and he has another scene where he talks to God about why mm-hmm. he can't do baseball and God's just like, stay in there. Your, your ship's gonna when come in. recognize race car driver guy. I, I looked him up. He's been in a bunch of stuff. It's just like, yeah, I think he's just one of those phases you see mm-hmm. around TV in the 2000s. Him and his mutton chops. Um, he, I don't think he always had the mutton chops. But he gives a bunch of cliches and he's like, that's all you got for me? A bunch of cliches? And he's like, that's usually what people want, not the truth. And he's like, well, do you want the truth? And he's like, yeah, because you weren't cut out for baseball, man. And he's like, I'd rather take the cliches. Then he gives us more cliches. Scene over. Um, But then this, the pace picks up because they start establishing that Seth is going to secret doctor's visits. Yes. Um, this is why when I said there's too many mysteries. Like, why are Vic's lights never on? And I thought why? Th- what doctor is Seth going to? Oh, Start I answering thought, some of my I thought questions. It wasn't, I thought it wasn't a doctor. I thought that was just what they were covered for whatever was actually going on. I thought on. they were like going to have ice cream cones and root beer floats without <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah, Emma, that really. That's the one activity people in wheelchairs can't do ice cream and root beer floats. <laughs> or they were down at the sock. No, I'm just saying, like, I thought that they were trying to make Seth feel Yo, a little special. So I thought it was something along those lines. Because like he were, needed it, clearly. Or like, they were trying to cover that he had games that Justin couldn't go to or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Because he goes on to Seth and he's like, I got it. I know how I'm going to win my trophy. Chess. All you need is a brain. I've been practicing for three days. Totally going to win. And he goes... Again, like, he just wants a physical piece of metal. That's he wants to feel accomplished. He doesn't care about chess or baseball. No. And he's been practicing for three days. He gets his mom to take him to the park to go play chess. And he lies to the administrator that he's 10 years old. I also said this... Um, I love when a main character is a little bit of a liar. Hashtag relatable. He's a little like, scamp. I like that he's a little scamp. Like, honestly, like, work smarter, not harder, kid. Say you're 10. Yeah, because she's like, <laughs> how old are you? We had two heats. People who are like 12 to 14 and people who are like 10 to 12. You're about 10, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah about. He doesn't say, he doesn't lie. He says, I said a little bit of a liar. I'm about. And we cut to him playing against a kid, and this kid has glasses on, so you know he knows how to play chess. I mean, this kid's um, also like eight. Yeah, he's eight. And he's like, I feel bad about beating a. F-. He literally says like embryo. a fetus, embryo, or embryo. But you know, I just won that trophy, and he goes check, and then the kid just like boom checkmate, which obviously straight I'm sure. up queen gambits his ass. <laughs> um, and he like wheels out of there, being like, ah, beaten by an embryo. I can't believe it. And who does he spy? Conveniently located next to the chess game championship, a car show, a car show with the most insane contest rules. Right. <laughs> it has to have been for charity or something. Because there's a bunch of... You see, he wheels by a trophy that says, like, first prize. And he asks the guy at the table being like, what is this trophy for? And he goes, oh, it's for the best in show of our little car show here. And he sees Vic is competing in the car show with, like, this hot Corvette that I'm, I don't know if that's even actually a Corvette or whatever. Um, but, like, this old school 60s, 50s car that's red and has a bunch of trim on it or whatever. Uh, I know cars. And he is like... Oh, there's Vic. Do you think Vic's going to win? And he goes, oh, he's got the best car here. But the thing is, the winner is decided by who... Votes. It's votes. It's votes. You put a dollar in to cast your vote and he's not very charismatic. He doesn't really win the crowd over. Um, So we learn to see him like scaring people away as he like started to force this box. Oh, he's like, I'm not very charming. He's not very charming. And then Justin, I'm like, I love this kid's self-awareness. Because, you know, would be charming. A kid in a wheelchair. Kid in a wheelchair. Which I was like, they're being... I I pre Like you're saying, it's a scampy being like... I love... I got it. And honestly, you got to make it work to your advantage 
sometimes. Frankie yeah, Muniz, get, get what you can. Not to say that he's typecast, but like Frankie Muniz is at his best when he's being a little bit of a scamp. You know what I mean? Like a little bit of mouth in the middle, a little bit of big fat liar, a little bit of scampiness is always good on Frankie Muniz. I, you know, I hate to say it. I never super bought him as Agent Cody Banks. I don't he's hate those movies. He's not suave. He's I mean, a scamp. I mean, well, no, that's the point is he's supposed to be really awkward, but it's like he, I can always tell he's playing awkward more than being actually awkward. I do love those movies and we're probably, we'll probably cover at least one of them as a bonus episode at some point because I mean, it's got an iconic Hillary Duff performance as well as Frankie Muniz, but I, I never thought he was as perfect for that role as he could have been. But he went, yeah, he convinces Vic that he just wants the trophy. And so he says, I'll stick around to get all the votes. Um, You give me the trophy, everybody wins. And he, and he Vic tries to chase him off at first, but then he sees how many dollars he gets just in the five seconds of him being there. And he calls him back, agrees to his terms. They win the competition and he goes, what am I getting my trophy, Vic? Yeah. And he says, well, they're, they got to take it and get, oh, hang on, we got to set this up first too. He doesn't drive the Corvette anywhere. He puts it up on like a chair. Because the potholes. The potholes Old and Old is our father. <laughs> <laughs> our, our dad would do the same thing. Um, he's like, there's potholes and bugs and idiot drivers. I don't want anything happen to this car. But he says, you'll get the, the trophy in about a week. They got to have it engraved and I'll I'll give it to you. And he goes, okay, great. And then we cut to, and Justin literally says, and this is again why I like him. Um, he says, not that I don't trust Vic or anything. And then we cut to him spying on Vic okay, with binoculars wait, also, and watching him get his my mail. My favorite thing about this car show scene is that his doctor is there. There's oh, a, I forgot. I, I, I absolutely yeah. love the idea that this hot Asian lady doctor is just strong. Rolling this car show alone on her day off. Hashtag vibes. Yeah, I honestly, I was like, I was like, Dr. Kwan. Dr. Kwan is fucking killing. Just looking at like, the antique vintage cars tossing dollars in people's boxes by herself. She's like, mm. you know, honestly, if this movie uh, had give put some attention where it needed, Doctor Quan and Vic maybe could have had something. I would have loved Doctor Quan. She was cool as hell. Oh, she she's a really cool doctor. Well, the women in this movie rule. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that because the the adult women in this movie rule because there are two completely villainous. Bl- no, no, not villainous. Just completely bland, nameless women who have like nothing. They're, they're, they're um, not, are nothing. But no, I love this doctor. But this is also the scene where she she is like. He's like, didn't you see Seth today? Because she's like their GP or whatever, which makes no sense. Because why would she be doing shunt surgery if she's like Seth's doctor? She does it all. She's a, uh, she's a queen. She would be a slay. specialist. Like he would be seeing specialists. Probably. But whatever. Um, so he's like, didn't you see Seth? I heard he had a doctor's appointment. And she's like, no, wasn't with me. So that's how he knows something's, something's up with going this on. doctor that he's seeing. But he's spying at Vic out of his window, checking him get his mail. And he's like, okay, I don't see him get a package. He's not bluff. Like he's literally checking to make sure he's like, he gets his money basically. So he's like, well, okay, well now that I've put that away, now it's time to figure out what's going on with Seth. And he goes through his parents' room. Oh, no. And he finds... Okay, first of all, he goes in, like, a bookshelf, and he finds... Was that a slingshot? What was that? I want to also say, nothing is fucking funnier to me. And and I didn't realize this until I saw the end of the car show where he's pulling out a thing. He's like, potholes. That mom just dropped off a 12-year-old in a wheelchair and fucking left. There was no one with him. To be fair... He's just be fair. He's just going to play chess at the park. Okay. And, and I do no, that part didn't look well ramped. No, no, to no, 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 no. The wheelchair, I can understand. The problem is, what if he has a shunt headache? That's what, what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, I'm not that's, saying that's, that he's not capable of being by himself. This is 2000. He doesn't have a cell phone. No, yet. that's what I'm saying. How did he? How does she know when he's done playing chess? He was done so early because he lost. He doesn't have anybody to call her. Yeah, it's very convenient that he had. That the, Vic the, was there. That Vic was there. But also. How did Vic even get him home? Because no, I think the mom comes. I think we see the mom. Eventually, yeah. hours later, they were working that car show I was just for saying like Vic, three he was hours. Like, he was lucky Vic was there to, to spend three hours yes, with him. Yes, but so he like finds. Could you determine what this was? Was it a slingshot he finds in this bookshelf? I don't know. It doesn't really matter, but it's really weirdly shaped. It's a slingshot. The important thing that he finds. 
times. Emma, this do you want... Emma, go ahead. This is literally nuts, you guys. Like, I actually paused the movie because I thought I This is a Disney Channel original movie. Hallucinating. He starts going through his parents' bedside table drawers. You wish you're looking for trouble when you do that. I never do that, but also I just reminded myself of Blue's Clues, bedside table drawer, and finds... A bottle of strawberry scented massage oil. And he pulls it out and makes a fucking joke about, joke it, about it. He's like, he's like, oh, like, I wonder what this is for, a strawberry. Like, I was like, oh my God. He seems to understand what it's for later. Because he, so Seth asks something, and he goes, you don't want to know. You don't, you don't want to know. And I was like, why, 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 why are you so, like, why is this? Ha-? I literally, I felt like I had vertigo. I, I was like, I can't. What was the point of it? Who is there's, this for? There's a sex joke for? later where they there's talk about strawberries. Multiple sex jokes later. Also, uh, also, also, here's the thing I have to say about this entire plotline. This is like an overtly religious movie in certain points. In certain points, it's not. And it's kind of like, it feels very, I don't know. Like the Anne Rand of it all is like, Anne Rand, I can't say that name. But it feels very, some points it feels incredibly secular. And sometimes it feels incredibly heavy handed with religion. And it's like, this is a movie that I feel like they would show at churches or youth groups, if not for the fucking lube scene that they put in the middle of it. <laughs> it's a real tone thing, now that you mention it, yeah. But it ain't, guys, again, we're not making this up. This happens, they're so explicit with it, and it's just, it, it gives you whiplash of like, how did they get this on Disney Channel? How did Disney Channel sign off on that? I can get them wanting to stay true to like the harsh life of this kid, but how did they get through, we're also gonna mention that these parents bone and they love rubbing each other down with strawberry massage oil. What? Why? Why? Anyway, um, he finds their address book and finds the number of the doctor they're actually going to. And he gives them a call being like, hey, I'm trying to make a report for school. Um, What kind of doctor's office are you? Oh, yeah, he finds like her date book. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it has the doctor's thing written down. Planner was a better word than yeah. address book. Thank you. But um, they don't fucking answer you. No. I'm still, they let this mystery sit for I'm, a like, long time. I'm like, solve the mystery. They, they, they let I, us... It's worth 35 minutes into this movie. And they don't let us until like 40, another 45. It's a long time. And so we then cut to him he goes to see dr kwan just like a checkup like how are you feeling like stay you know normal your shunt's good and she, she goes how are you doing you know gastrointestinally and he goes puked twice had a like pants p- pants problem bowel pants, it's, bowel, bowel trouble whatever the term he uses he uses like a cute, cute little nickname for yeah. a bowel issue um and it's just so again it's just supposed to show us that he's like i got this baby i'm 12 i'm on top of this i'm living my life as best i can and i'm not letting it get me down and i'm like hell yeah justin live that life no and his mom is so proud of him in the corner being like that's my boy then we cut to vic rolling up to their house uh being like hey is your brother here and he goes no and he's like all right fine and he he has the box he has really, he's with the, the box and he like wants to leave it with him and he goes no it's fine i'll come back later and then like they pull up a second later and uh he he justin goes to seth being like who was that was he's like oh it's just vig he's like and there's a weird bit where only says yep or nope i, I don't know why don't, yeah yeah fantastic. um but basically he's like did he have a box was you know long and tall and he goes yeah and so, so he, he rushes over to vig's house yes throws a rock at the door trying to get his attention trying to get vic to come out but he because doesn't. vic doesn't have a ramp uh, yes and so he's outside on like on the step and he's throwing rocks shouting his name it doesn't come out and he notices the garage open and so justin rolls into the garage and he sees there's the the fancy cor- is it a corvette yeah his yeah they, they use the term corvette i don't know if it's actually a corvette it's a corvette and it's in the fancy corvette's in the garage and there's next to like a bunch of flimsy shells <laughs> with dusty shit on it is right next to the Corvette. as we all have in our garage and there is 
a literal box on the very top of the shelf that says like metal objects or something. And we in our, in Justin's internal monologue are like metal objects, trophies are metal. So he gets a broom and he's trying to knock the box off the fucking shelf. shelf. So he can- Great plan, Which kid. is gonna break Great it. plan. But also my thing here is you saw him pull up in his car, in his tow truck, he's got like a truck. And you can then see that the truck is not at home. So clearly he went somewhere you didn't else. You did see him pull up in the tow truck. No, he Seth did. did. No, but then he says, wasn't that Vic? Did he say anything? Oh. He said like, he sees that Vic passed by. But, so he, you know he's not here and he should ostensibly still have the trophy with you. But yeah, he knocks he knocks not only the box over, he knocks the entire shelf over onto the car, which then releases the thing that had it up on like a jack. He destroys the garage. And then we cut back to the family, family court. court. And this is a good gag that this time both the parents are the prosecution and like there's no one at the defense table. And Justin's like, who's defending me? And Seth goes, there were no takers. <laughs> um, that was a good joke. That was a good, yeah, I said that was a good joke. And so they are all like, they explain the whole thing thing of what happened and that the box just had like a muffler in it um and this was the other good joke is that they go to the jury and it's just the mom and, and dad, the dad of, like, copy, copy pasted he's like it's supposed to be a jury of my peers not, not my, my parents. parents um and they say you're gonna have to work with vic for a month to pay off all the damage you did you're not gonna get to keep the trophy he's all mad about it and then we do a hard cut to him like you know getting all the chores from vic and all that stuff and this is gonna be the relationship that blossoms into the rest of the movie somehow with We'll get there. But I think for right now, we're going to need to take a quick break. We'll see you at the finish line where we're jacking yeah. our, our unmotorized jack- cars jack- up on a hill. <laughs> we're going to need to take a quick break before we make it to the oh, finish line. Someone call it a Justin break. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that, that was so good. Damn it. <sighs> oh. uh, I retire. That's, <sighs> that's all, all right. We'll see you in a second. Thanks for rolling on back, everybody. So he starts working for Vic. Basically, okay, can I just say that's a fucking nuts thing that they have him do in a wheelchair on a house that we've just seen doesn't have ramps. It's a little rough. How is he getting to the garage and to the... the well, he's not He's not going to the house. He's going to the, sh- the garage that he messed up. And we know he can get there because he has to go to the driveway. That's how he got there in the first place. So but I, then there he's like going around the back of the side he, and I, take this I trash do, I, out. Do, I do have a large issue. How is he taking trash to with, the curb? With the amount of work Vic gives this paraplegic An child. absolutely He's like, paint this fence, take out this trash, fix it. And I'm like, I think he's a hard worker and very capable, but like, how is he going to get to the curb and back to to take the trash out? It's a lot. And like, part of it is like, so there's a bunch of scenes of this. It's just them bonding. He like respects Justin for... His work ethic and the fact that he doesn't because he is a hard worker. Yeah, he's he, doing all of the work, not complaining. And even he, though he might be able to complain, because it seems like a lot of yeah, work for but, someone in a wheelchair. But he acknowledges he was in the wrong, and he's yeah. trying to make it right. That's really all these scenes are. But like at a certain level, Vic, come, like you just like, like, like I also. 
also like think like it's fine to give him hard work. Like yeah. he's clearly a hard worker. Like he has some seriously, he has some na- driving some nails, nails in his stuff. And I was like, like, sure. There, there was a lot of like go here, then also move this track. I'm like, how the fuck would he do that? Uh, how the fuck? I mean, it would take. That's yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's not a great call from Vic, if I'm being quite honest. But they bond. They become close friends. The one thing that drives a wedge in their friendship is there's a shed that he has on the property. He's like, do you want me to clean up the shed? He goes, no. Maybe abandoned. Never shed. go in the shed. Never go in the shed. No, no one goes in the shed. As anyone that took any sort of stranger danger course would know, that means there's child pornography in the shed. Justin should have picked up on that and talked to his nearest and dearest authority. What I thought you were going to say is anyone with screenwriting experience would know that means we've got to go into the shed. Well, I mean, we're going into we're the going shed. We're going into the shed. literally the Chekhov shed. We're getting yes. in there. Um, Almost immediately. It's really a, a low barrier of entry. It's not a slow burn. He's in there almost He's in there. And Vic's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go grab some tools in town again, leaving this child who can die at any moment unsupervised. Which also, that's... And so then I might notice, so I hope the fucking soapbox derby stuff is in the shed. Because again, we're at minute 45 and we've not talked about soapbox derby. Very true. But that's part of the reason why they bond is he fully explains to Vic the fact that he could die at any moment. Yeah, and Vic's like, whoa. The same reaction we did. Yes, I think this is where that Ayn Rand quote comes in, if that's correct. Um, I swear to God. I don't don't think you would make that up. He's like living and dying are just two different states of being or something. Yes, I remember that, but I just don't remember them saying that it's from Ayn Rand. I'm uh, guys, again, I could be totally wrong. I don't know. It whatever. could be from, like, Mein Kampf. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, the second Vic pulls... Oh, wait, hang on. Sorry, before we go into the shed. We should mention there's a cutaway scene where the mom's sitting at the table, and what happens? The dad comes up behind oh, her God. and is like, hey, and she's like, uh, we need to talk. And he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> this is the first time we've been alone in months. My loins are on fire, woman. And I don't even remember the conversation that they have fully. I think... I think it's just about them being concerned about going over and doing the work for yeah. Vic. The point is, is that he they were trying to bang while the boys are out of the house, basically. Well, when they say, or no, that's later when they make a joke about mm-hmm. there being strawberries for dessert, and that's that's, that's, that's and the, the kids third. are there. That's the, the kids, kids are, are there. That's the third there one. That's that. the third. One. This is just the the preview. Okay, this is what they're doing without the kids present. Right, but Vic takes two steps off the property, and Justin wheels right himself in that shed. right in that shed. I guess that's why. And I also I don't want it to sound like I am being ableist and not thinking that Justin could do all these things. Oh, I think the reason I'm saying that the t- tasks Vic is setting him are absolutely fucking nuts is that when you watch him wheel to the shed, like, this is not a well-paved property. The whole thing about Vic's property is that it's, like, massively unkempt. There's, like, fucking branches everywhere. The whole thing appears to be gravel and mulch. Like, I'm like, how would the wheelchair yeah, even you're just, you're, operate? You're just giving him things that are difficult for him specifically. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, yeah, nailing something in place, you know, that, that makes sense. Yeah, go roll yourself through mulch with a, with a handful <laughs> of garbage. How? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta think about these things, Vic. But he goes into the shed because he sees there's some trophies in there through a window. And he's Vic, like... This kid's fucking boner for trophies. He's, he's got, knows no bounds. He's got a trophy fixation. Um, so he goes in there Like, you and, think he would have learned the lesson post this big incident. And we're like 45 minutes in and what is in there but a soapbox derby racer. Fucking finally. <laughs> um, as well as some photos of Vic and And a, I said so Vic definitely has a dead kid who died in a soapbox derby. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't remember... It's crazy she's not killed in a soapbox derby. The, the, I, can't, I remembered the scene where he finally unveils his dark back, his tragic backstory. Which is crazy. And he, go, and he, and he goes, how did she, what happened? And she goes, she died. Swimming accident, which is all the information we get. I'll touch back on that scene later, guys. I'm, I'm holding back. Fair enough. 
But yeah, you know, there's a bunch of photo. There's a bunch of trophies and some photos of Vic and a little girl. It's his dead daughter. We know where this is going. Why well, um, did they have her die in a soap? He <laughs> acts like she died in a soapbox derby. He does. Wait, he he's act, like, I'm not going near he, soapbox. He acts anymore. like soapbox derby was responsible for her death. Yeah, he's like angry. But he conveniently next to all next to the soapbox racer, all the trophies, all the photos is like an old school 1950s projector. Okay, no, 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 no. I had a note here, and is that projector from 18? 18- 1988. I went to the motion. Correction, it's the first film projector. No, it's the first film projector ever created. I went to the um, Academy for Motion Picture Sciences recently in LA. Oh, God. And they literally have a whole exhibit of like early motion pictures where they show you like boxes. And there was Vicks, Vicks Projector. I swear to God. There's like an exhibit where it's like, here's a little puppet box that people used to look through in Imperial China. And it's like two little dancing puppets. And you put like, they put a flame in the back. The next thing is this projector that they have. Like that's the next advancement in technology. Well, I guess because like the, that it was, looks like the projector from Tarzan. It looks like Thomas Edison invented it. Uh, like yet, yeah, why? Like, it's two thousand. Well, because all of these would have been taken on old film because this would have been like in the fifties or sixties or whatever. Because he's supposed to be an old man. He's forty five. I, I know. His wife I, in that video is thirty. I know. Okay. Did they write this role for a much older man I and then cast this guy at the last minute because he was just so good? I'm, I can't. I can't speak to it. But he's he's not that great either he's not he's fine so he's standing there he's watching the reel of a guy there's no sound it's just Vic like lifting up a little girl putting her in the soapbox whatever whatever and Vic comes in and acts like he has just opened Pandora's box and doomed him doomed the world um he's like get out I don't want you on my property anymore ah it like is so like quiet so much quiet rage the quiet I would say it's an incredibly loud rage well it feels a little restrained he doesn't start screaming at the 12 year old in a wheelchair yeah, but he's I mean, just a, everyone like, else is don't, doing come, don't come around here yeah actually that's fair <laughs> these are probably the tamest things that get thrown this kid's way to be fair <laughs> this is where he's talking to the parents about soapbox derby after he gets yeah, kicked he, out he, he's at their dinner and he realizes he wants to do it so yeah that's it. I was I was I had a pause. it's a weird jump cut I, yeah because I, I was re- going through my notes and I noticed that jump and I was like there has to be a transition no, the thing really is he, I don't even know how he, I guess he sees it on a trophy. I don't know how I know it's, it's called soapbox racing. He doesn't really have any information except for that Vic's daughter died tragically in it. Yeah, he, she didn't <laughs> do it. But, That's better screenwriting than her just fucking well, missing that a laugh in the pool. Well, that very convenient. Taking um, a long walk off a short pier. I'm like, now you're being, now you're really telling the line here. But well, what, maybe she was called an undertow. We don't know. They don't give us any more information. But what it's supposed to be is that it's supposed to be a reflection of the scene prior where he tried to it's go. It's baseball scene. Yeah, but he's like, I want to go for soapbox i could do it blah, blah 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 and the parents are just like yeah sure go ahead like they they don't care in you any know way. why they don't care because they're about to go have sex <laughs> i think well to me it read more as like a tri- a triumphant like now that we've supported our children time to do something that's just for us well they're like do you want to do some dessert like i think i have some strawberries, strawberries upstairs, upstairs. And, and seth goes why would they have strawberries in their and bedroom? then justin goes you don't, you don't want to know, know. You don't because their lube is strawberry flavored <laughs> not touching that i just hey you know so then it cuts to the next day and the mom's making cookies because there's nothing this woman can't do and she's always baking or cooking or doing something for this family and he takes some of the cookies over to Vic being like listen Vic I need your help I want to get into this soapbox derby game. You're the only one I know who can help you get. They also said they really only would agree if Vic helped, coached basically. And they didn't know that they had just gotten in this massive falling out. Yes, and they, but they also, for the record, like make a lot of assumptions for this stranger that they are not. Well, like, they are also having their kids spend a ton of time at his house. True, but they're just like, yeah, it's going to be good for him. He'll coach you. And I was like, why would you know he would agree to that? But he goes, he goes over and is like, 
you gotta help me out. It's the one thing I really want to do. It's the one thing I think I could be really it, good yeah, at. Yeah, it's the one thing I think I'm really good at. Thank you. Which is that it does feel like a natural fit because he's obsessed with like race car drivers. He loves that race car. He's drivers. obsessed with one race car driver. He's not like watching NASCAR every day of the week. <laughs> I got the feeling. Now you're giving that a lot of credit. <laughs> But he basically leaves Vic with the cookies and being like, you really got to help me out. You're my only hope, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And he says, okay, I'll think about it. Hard cut. He leaves hard cut to them at a soapbox derby race on some hill in Indiana. Where are they finding these hills? How do you go about setting this event up? Like, do you need to just shut down a street for a day? Again, I've never seen this sport actually done. And basically, it's just like a a scene of Vic walking through how everything works. I'm not going to- Yeah, he's like, this is how the steering works. And like, this is how- He's kind of- because the dad and the brother, I would say, are a little dubious because, as I would be dubious, this sport looks like it has little to no skill involved. Yeah, Seth is, like, uh, gone into this scene being like, I'm ready to pick apart every possible point of this experience. Okay, but I also am not, like, totally out on what Seth is saying. Like, when I first looked at it, I didn't realize this was what so Box Derby was. Like, there's no motors in these cars, and it really is, like, a lot of gravity-based. Like, there is skill in the steering. You want to keep this straight line so you don't, like, knock off. But you don't want to steer too much because yes. then that creates friction. But then also... Also, there's like a lot of it's like how you weight the car. Yeah, there's a lot of there. And I feel like we've had this problem before. Most of the ones that comes such an involved the, sport the, that I don't understand. Well, that's the thing is I feel like this is the opposite because we've had this problem before. I think the most prominent one that comes to mind is uh, Johnny Cavajala back on board where like they don't explain now anything. Now boarding? What the they fuck do, was They that? don't explain anything about how that sport works. This one, I feel like they get a little too into it for how relevant it is to the film because mountain boarding is incredibly relevant to the Johnny Cavajala back on board. But again, Soapbox is not that incredibly no. relevant. So the fact they start talking about how much weight and ballast they need to put into the car. And like, there's literally a part where they go up to like a pit crew and someone's like spinning the wheels. And he's like, oh, they're spinning the wheels. Keep the tires warm. Keep the ball bearings warm. Some competitions allow it. Some don't. I was like, now we're getting into optional yes. rules? <laughs> what? But while they're having this more technical in-depth competition, the dad's really jazzed. He's and like, Justin is just cruising chicks. <laughs> so he, he creeps up on this girl Creep is a hard word, but this girl is working on her thing and she's like, uh, you're not supposed to be over here if you're a racer because they say it's bad form to look in another racer's car. Which, what the fuck? (laughs) You're going to unveil all their secrets. The way the weights are distributed? Maybe, I don't know. And he goes, oh, I'm not a racer. Okay, this is another messed up crazy thing. She's like working on her car. What the fuck she, was this? I, she's working also, her delivery is like deadpan. Yeah, she's, she's like Wednesday from the this, Adams family. This, I hated this Just girl. saying she's, really, ter- again, taking a terrible this, shot at this kid. She's paint drying. She's a piece of white cardboard, this girl. Um, <laughs> Emma, what's that character's name? No fucking idea. Teresa. They say it like one time. <laughs> but she's like working on her car. She's and she, They don't name any of the women in this movie. She sees, I want to be very clear. She sees it. They barely name the mom. They don't name his daughter or his dead wife. They don't, the girlfriend that's, I think, they maybe say Seth's girlfriend's name no, once and they memory. whisper Teresa once. No, the announcer says it at the end and, and maybe the dad says it. But uh, she's like working she sees that Justin's shadow get cast over. She's like, you're not supposed to be over here if you're a racer. Blah, I'm not, blah, my blah. dad doesn't allow me to talk to fellow drivers. Oh, excuse me. Thank you. And he goes, oh, I'm not a driver. And she looks, looks behind. Like wheelchair. She, like, she looks behind him, sees the wheelchair and says, oh, I guess not. What the? <laughs> Why? It looks like not. Like, fuck you. What is wrong with these people? Yeah, and, and like that's a total, like he doesn't even bat an eye. He's just talking to her and I was like that's a horrible thing to say but now it gets into the dad needing to build one of these cars Justin again there's a scene where he's begging Vic to help him and he's like can't do it like I've <laughs> yeah, been burned they, too bad they, by soapbox again making us think his daughter died in a soapbox they, derby accident they go down to the finish line and he and Vic chat and Vic says I got you started that's all I agreed to do I showed you the ropes you and your family can figure it out from here basically Seth is still like this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen this 
is not sports. There's no point in having Justin do this. And the dad is so hype. He's like, Jack. He's like, yeah, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. The Dan immediately throws himself into building this soapbox with, with a passion that was previously reserved only for his wife. Also, like, these people, my note here is, like, they are great parents. Um, They're better parents than I am because um, in this montage, parent. building this racer looks fucking annoying and tough. And I don't know if I would have the wherewithal as a parent to I mean, work two jobs and also build this. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to, that's what I was saying is, like, Emma, you could say that about the soapbox also, but you have to be a great parent not to work all these jobs to pay for your son's medical bills with a smile on your goddamn face. They're like, this is our life. We're making it happen. And Let's he's work. in the garage, like whittling down a fucking like yeah, shell of a He's terrible at this. Like, okay, like, well, I didn't say he was good. I yeah, let's, let's be, no, let's be clear. He sucks at building this <laughs> thing. And so while they're working on the shitty soapbox race that the dad has cobbled together, uh, Vic comes over being like, oh, here's the tin from the cookies earlier. And he just is like, what are you're you doing? This you're, you're doing this all wrong. Uh, there's actually, I, this was my favorite line from Vic. He's just like, you got to level the thing before you drill the hole in it. And they're like, that's not in the instruction. He goes, instructions are for cowards in the week. <laughs> like so intense. Again, yeah, shouting. Um, and he just grabs it and starts working on it. And just which he dead. should have been doing from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's growth. And then I, I think I have a note here, which is just like, I kind of, I think I have it maybe a bit later actually, but I kind of feel like this movie, would have been a little bit cooler if they had focused more on Vic as a character about like passing on the, the passion of his dead daughter to this kid who like clearly needs it so much and like how he becomes kind of a member of the family. I think that would have been a very compelling story, but we have to do all this other stuff. But that just makes that an impossibility. And there's then there's a scene of Seth talking to the mom about how pissed he is that the dad is so into the soapbox racing when he does not care about his own son's sports, even though he seemed to be pretty supportive, just having trouble getting to those games. Oh, is this the part where they get in the fight about like Seth having this game, even though it seems like Seth's a 14 sport athlete and he has many games? Yeah. It's like one baseball game. So, that's very important. So yeah, it comes to it. He talks to the mom about that for a bit. And then he has a game that night where he's pitching and he makes a big deal. He's like, I really want dad to be there. And he goes up and talks to his dad who's sitting in a computer. And I swear, I don't, I don't know. They never say what kind of college professor this guy is, but the dad's looking at like freaking diagrams and charts and aerodynamic manuals and being like, yeah, well, we're building the racer. And, uh, but he can't use the standard foot brake because, because he, he's paraplegic. Yeah. This is what he's trying to f- like crack, like yeah. Einstein before so his I baseball need, game. I need to figure out something he can use to for the car to break. And if I don't do it in time, he's going to miss his first race. And he goes, okay, well, I have this very important game. I really want you to be there. And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll be there. Don't worry about it. So some time passes. He hasn't cracked it. He gets in the van to go to the game and he disengages the parking brake. And he goes, oh, that's it. <laughs> the <laughs> Eureka! It's also like not that groundbreaking. It's, it's, it's literally well, a handbrake. Well, it, it's groundbreaking future for soapbox for, 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 for real life. It yes. was groundbreaking, but, but like a handbrake. But it's like in, every car has a handbrake, in, so you'd think you know. But then it's like this Eureka moment. He calls Vic over, they rig it up, and they test it, and, and then Vic's they like, go the Justin break. Yeah, and then they go to like no, they high go to five. hug, and then Vic just goes no, no, just, just high five. It's like yeah, yeah, of course. And so this is the insane thing. So of course he's missed the whole game because he's been working on Why the Justin break. Why does he go to the field at midnight? Vic's, They're literally on their way home yeah but no i feel like like how did they how did you not like, run into that how did you, like I, yeah it's insane the second he figures out the spread he then gets his car we see his car pulling up to a field that is 
empty. There is someone mowing yeah, the, the grass. Yeah, the sprinklers are on. And like the game has been over for, for hours. hours. So just wait for your family to come home. Um, this is also a man who's painting houses at 9 p.m. That, so I His, his internal clock is a nightmare. But he walks in the front door. He comes back to the house. The mom is sitting up dramatically reading a book. First of all, this mom is an icon and <laughs> holding this family together. Yes. I love one of my favorite moves as a woman and no, I, I think I like, I, like, I like when it's represented in film is fake reading a book when you're just waiting to yell at someone <laughs> which I've done so many times it's often employed by middle-aged women in movies and TV sitting but in bed my sister a, a, my sister a 29 year old woman has used it. what scenarios do you find oh, yourself in? so many times one time I was at my birthday party oh, and God. I was mad at everyone because they were watching something I didn't want to watch and so I pulled out a book and dramatically pretended to read it in the corner to show how bored I was by everyone's bad decisions that's possibly the most Emma Tyler thing I've ever heard I love to pretend to read a book or like when you're with your boyfriend and he's like what's wrong and you're like nothing I'm just reading and you're not <laughs> yeah, that reading. one makes sense you're not reading in bed you're just sitting there stewing and you're waiting for him to push the wrong button and then you're gonna close the book dramatically put it down on your bedside table and really lay into him <laughs> and that's what this mom is doing and so he goes up and being like all right what's the damage here how bad how bad did I do here Sheila she goes uh, well, you just have to go out and explain to your son why you weren't in his game. Because uh, quite frankly, I can't get it. Because I can't do it for you. I can't do it for you. And he's like, oh, okay. And then as he's walking out, and this is why I love Sheila Yoder. By the way, he pitched a no-hitter. No-hitter. Oh, and I was like, and oh. she climbs up the that's stairs. That's the twist of the and night. she closes the book again. Just for <laughs> dramatic effect. And so he goes out to the shed where, uh, not the shed, the garage where they'd been working on the soapbox derby car where uh, Seth is dramatically... Doing what? Looking at plans? I don't know. It's Again, it, he's 14. What are you doing in the shed alone, brother? They have a heart-to-heart, -heart, and this is where... This is where you get the iconic line. This of, is where, you know, the insane line. It's truly bonkers, where he's like, I don't know what's harder, being a kid in a wheelchair or being the brother of a kid in the wheelchair. I know. <laughs> I want to... I get what he's saying. Say, I want to first of all say, I totally get the point the movie is trying to of make course. there. Of course. Because it is so hard to be that sibling. And I have known people that have been in that situation. But the better line is, the actual thoughtful line is, you know, everybody thinks about how hard it must be to be the kid in the wheelchair. It's not often that people think about how hard it is to be that kid's brother. Equating the two as being just as hard, or I don't know which one's harder, is bonkers. Bon terrible. You should not compare your able-bodied self as being in a similar situation. You should be able to have empathy that like, my situation is definitely not that, but it still has its own downside. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's still valid. It's and not people less might valid. not consider it. It's like, it's still valid, absolutely, but that it's also but just it's like... It's not a fucking toss-up, no. Dad. I don't know who wrote terrible. that line, but it's terrible. Um, this whole heart-to-heart -heart is not great, and I don't think Seth even really says that much. My main note here is that there's only like half an hour left and the car isn't even built yet. Oh my God. No, no. we haven't raced. Nope. We haven't raced. We haven't raced. We haven't seen a car. He's not behind the um, wheel of a car yet. The No, the final line of this speech, by the way, is like, you know, when I married your mom, I wanted to have a, a family that I could share all my interests with and stuff like that. And I guess that plan changed when I, we had your brother, but we just loved him and wanted to be the best parents so much, so I didn't mind. But I guess in my head, subconsciously, I decided if I couldn't root for both my sons, I would root for neither of them. What was that? What? Because he's basically saying, yes, I consciously chose, not consciously, but it's like, no, you were right. I, I was choosing not to support you. But I feel like he was supporting Seth in the beginning. Yeah, Why do I, I feel like that was a quick 180 that he's made for no reason in the past few weeks? I don't know. This whole thing is not 
well, as we've, as we've said, not well delivered. All right, moving on. He's finally behind the wheel of a soapbox derby car. Practice run time. So they have him going down a very small very decline. Small. It's like, it's it's bare, a hill is a strong word. It's And it's only like five feet. What would you really. call it, a mound? Mm, a lump. A pile. <laughs> it's <laughs> a suburban street. It's, yeah, it's like a, a it's nothing. So just, to, just for him to get the feel of how the car handles and all that stuff, and it's not very long. He's gonna get a feel of something, all right. And the dad, Dad's like right behind, right beside him, trying to keep pace, like, be like, you know, don't turn, blah, 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 shouting, screaming. And this dad, for as much of an athlete as he apparently is, <laughs> trips over his own two goddamn Falls. feet. Also, trips over his two goddamn feet, doesn't break his fall with his hands, breaks his fall with his chest. Mm-hmm. Like, there is, he doesn't, he falls chest first onto the ground, onto the pavement. Because he, because. Trying, and Justin is losing yeah, control. He's losing control, he's trying to stop it, but he just like. The dad's saying, go right, and the car's swerving left. Yeah, and like, any human being when they fell the first time would scramble back up run and try and catch him he just stays in no, the he dirt stays, down. stays in the dirt he's like I, i'll never catch that slow moving vehicle <laughs> but so he justin goes literally fast and furious tokyo drift down this small hill careening out of control everyone's screaming the mom's screaming he goes flying into a mailbox yep. like crashes the mailbox uprooted crashes like his head slumps over and i was like well that's it the shunt's exploded <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it works. The shunt exploded. I um, he just has a small dot of blood on his on one above one of his dude, eyes. One of the telltale signs of the shunt exploding. In my mind, <laughs> we now I must see now legally. I have to say the the medical views expressed by Emma Stone Don are not this endorsed. This is what the movie has taught me. I'm I'm um, only basing my my knowledge of the movie. So. They get him out of the car. He's fine. Um, this is, that, is when the dad delivers the ace line of, you think a kid in a wheelchair would know how to steer better. Truly. As he's bleeding truly from Truly insane. How? People can't even stop themselves from taking shots as he is bleeding out. Oh, also, by the way, while he's crashing, he goes into mailbox. I think he, and I think he runs into mailbox for part of it and maybe he ends on a tree. Yeah. It's so obviously not Frankie Muniz <laughs> in that car. It's, it's so, like a double. It's, cool. it's, it's a stunt double. Of course it is. He's got he's to be Malcolm in the middle in a few years or however I don't know when they just started. They take him out of the car and... Uh, and Vic goes, hey, no wonder you couldn't steer, dumbass. The wires are crossed. Yeah. The left is controlling the right wheel. Like, it was it's, it's, opposite it's, day. Yeah, I almost played kind of, opposite day I, here. I almost kind of wish that he had been like, okay, well, first of all, the wires are crossed. Second of all, what did you just say? <laughs> like, that's your child. So, Justin, I... I I understand it's hard to depict how someone in a wheelchair could storm off, but Justin somehow, like, it's just a really awkward cut is what I mean, between him hearing that- And he that, is convinced that Seth crossed the Seth wires. did it. Which is fucking crazy. But the, Seth was in the shed last night. Yeah, but how did he know how to do that? That's what I'm I saying. wouldn't know how to do that. I, but when he said that, I was like, Seth crossed those wires? What the fuck? That is so fucked up. And so this is the scene we referenced earlier. This- it's a lot. It's so fucking nuts, you guys. He's so... Justin, ca- Justin comes in. I don't even in. know how to enter this scene. You I know like when it's improv and you're scared to even jump into a scene? Like, I'm scared to even enter the scene. Justin comes in. Hot. I'm, hot. He's, like, he's... I, I'm not saying that facetiously. Like, he's rolling those wheels fast. Yeah, like he's, he's, that's what I was saying about... He's trying to depict, like, running. No, like that's, no, that's what I saying. Like, storming away from his car. And storming and, towards toward, yes. Seth. And it's an awkward cut because you can't really... That doesn't really translate well. And he just starts immediately calling him out. Being like, you did it. You broke my cart. And Seth is just like, no, of course of I didn't. Of course I didn't do that. Why would I ever do that? I, and my, I don't care about Soapbox Derby, whatever. etc. And Justin decides to bring out <laughs> his loaded Chekhov's gun. 
gun. That this is a lot of there's a lot of check out guns in this movie, man. He in brings, front, and also said this with his friends. Yes, so that's here. important. No, thank you. He pulls out his Chekhov's gun, which is oh yeah. Well, I I don't know what you could do anymore. Consider you're going to see a shrink. You're crazy. You're crazy. My brother's crazy. Insane. And of course, he says a lot of. He very, literally says like he's loony. Like it's a lot of uncool language about people terrible. seeking seeking mental Everyone health. Everyone should be assistance. in therapy, especially Seth. Yeah, and it's awful. Oh, we actually have. Do we have we seen the stomach ache stuff at this point? Probably right. He has. He's getting like a stress he, ulcer. He should yeah, be in therapy. He says tummy ache, but he's being really brave about it. But yeah, he says some very uncool things about a person going to therapy. Which, and he's trying to like shame him in front of his yes, friend and girlfriend. Yeah. And he's like, shut up. Blah, 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 blah. He then explodes like, do you want to know why I'm in therapy? Because of you. <gasps> like he's like, I am in therapy. point to me while she said that. I am in therapy because of you. And I was like, oh no. Well, we're getting into oh, it. Oh yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. My he, exact note, no punches are pulled in no. this fight. And then he, can, what does he say next? He's like, he says, I wish you were like a normal, well, maybe I'm skipping ahead of what you were getting at, but the thing that really got me is like, I wish you were like a normal little brother so I could beat, beat you up because I could beat the crap. But he does say like, he's like, he's like, you know why dad has to work your job is because of you, because of your medical bills. We can't go on vacations like normal family. I wish you were a little brother so I could beat you up. And then he looks him dead in the eyes and said, I wish you were dead. Yep. That's it. That's. The, There's no way to sugarcoat it, folks, these, because the movie sure doesn't. These are the things that you can't take back i literally my note is i wish you were dead what the fuck there's the same thing to say to anyone of course well especially to a child with chronic health problems with bifida, yeah yeah it's it's rough it's rough <laughs> it's like that's the thing it I, really takes the air right out of the movie. i don't know what else to say honestly I, like <laughs> like i just gotta let this that is a hang. comedy podcast I, and now I'm i don't getting, feel great about i being feel here. like i have vertigo again a little bit but like i'm second handing like we were just gearing up with soapbox this this scene Really, that's what I'm saying. I don't even know what happens next. How do we get back into the soapbox derby? We just do. We cut to his first race. Oh, oh, they and they establish that it was, of course, friggin' the dad not knowing how to do any of this. Oh yeah, there's a throwaway line where it's like, turns out Seth didn't cross my wires. It was my dad. Yeah, he did. Yeah, (laughs) which what, Vic? Come on, man, you got to keep an eye on him. The dad is such a bozo. (laughs) He's he's from a sports dynasty. He's not used to thinking. He got hit in the head one too many Um, times. We go to Justin's first race and he finishes it. Which is it. cool. Which is just, they're just happy that he finished. Yeah, which is great. And I do think, so the, first the other thing is Seth is there. And I was like, why would you come to this after wishing your little, he Death. was dead earlier and then thinking this was all stupid. So he finishes a race and then we get a montage of him racing a bunch. And, and my note on this is that I am sorry, but it is really hard for me to tell when he's getting better because this they sport do is a not a job. great visual sport. No. And also, I don't even know what car is his at which point. I can't tell what racer he is. And it's just not a really, like, they don't do a good narrative job of me seeing, like, changes in Justin's racing. Yeah. And it's a, a really quick montage, and all of a sudden I'm supposed to believe that he's winning, but I don't really see any progress or change. Yeah, he sucks for a while. We see him coming in second a bunch, and then eventually, like, you see him in a tournament. Like, someone else won, but he won yeah, one of the heats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, but then that's the thing is that's fine. If I was just like, okay, they didn't communicate that very well, whatever. And by the end of the montage, everyone's like, oh, that Justin, he's a natural. Yeah, he's incredible. And I was, and I was like, like, what do you mean he's a natural? We had a whole thing depicting how he was getting better, which I honestly kind of like that they're depicting like he needs to, you know, practice at it and get. I like that. It's also intercut with him, you know, working with the family and Vic and Seth on the sidelines, dramatically reading a book, much like his I, mother. He um, knows how to make knows. a point. 
Um, but here's my note about this. And I want to, I need to check in with Emma on this. Did you watch this movie with subtitles? Yes. Did you notice on Disney Plus during this mo- thing, the subtitles were all wrong? No. They are, for me, they were all wrong. And I found out why. Why? The song that they played. There was a sex scene they cut. No, 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 no. You, you, this is interesting. The The song they play is called All Right Here by Brett Michaels. And it's just a very generic, like. Brett Michaels or Brett Michaels? Brett Michaels. That's how it's spelled. So, so. Off-brand Brett Michaels. M-I-K-E-L-S. Just like, and it's all right here. But. Yeah, that's the song that plays when I watched it. Yes. But if you look on IMDb under the soundtrack, which I always do so I can find a song to pull and put in the middle, well, the only song it lists is a song called Blessed by Christina Aguilera. Oh, she didn't keep those rights in that movie. She's they, like, I, and the... That's a music rights And, and I double-checked, the, the, the subtitles that come up during the montage are the lyrics to Blessed by Christina Aguilera. So what happened is, for the Disney Plus release, they had to take out the Christina Aguilera song and put in whatever the hell this, the Brett Mickles All Right Here song. That's a good piece of um, trivia, folks. You'll never need it, but I don't. It I don't know which song I'll put in the middle. Probably the Christina Aguilera Christina, yeah, probably Christina Aguilera. Nichols. <laughs> but what's funny don't do that to our yeah, listeners and because i think i think a, a listener i'm sorry i don't have the name here also told us this happened for the ultimate christmas present because the viewing we watched when we did the episode had secret agent man in it but when they put it on disney plus i think they had to take it out for music licensing reasons Damn. which yeah um so I, I i was very tempted to watch the whole montage again with the intended christina aguilera song but you'll probably you'll have heard it at the break anyway so he's a god at soapbox derby racing now he's the best in the country no one comes close and we cut to them in uh at like the night before a race and the dad just throws out if he wins he'll qualify for nationals what? and i was like i thought he'd only been doing like okay it looked, also looked like it was a few weeks time yeah it, it's his first year of racing we don't need to go straight to nationals with this it also was such a hard turn into like the dad being really competitive about it like it's through just one quick montage that i didn't really understand what the growth was happening it went from being happy he finished to like the dad's now a maniacal competitive monster yeah, and the mom has to be like, listen, dude. It's his first year. Like, chill. Yeah, she's like, calm down. I don't want you to, like, uh, you know, burn him out on him. He never wants to do this again. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not worried about it. It's going to be great. I'll, I'll tone it down, whatever. Um, So we cut to the race, and the big winning race Justin's having a headache. Yeah. And it's not a And toothache. he knows it's a and shunt he, issue. But because he's so focused on the trophy. I, he's like, trophy, trophy, That's trophy. the only thing. And he's going, trophy. So, how no one how knows. Knows. No <laughs> one knows. He's saying it out loud. He's trophy. And he's like, But droop. I said, His oh, eyes sir, are drooping. you know you're about to die. Yes. What good will this trophy do you in death? <laughs> I will give it to him that he's 12 and he doesn't have great decision-making skills. But... Everyone's like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, trophy, trophy, trophy. Trophy, trophy. And he's like, I just got to make it down this hill. How do they not notice? I just got to make it down this hill. And the race begins. And of course, he passes out yeah. like halfway down. Shunt explosion. Yeah, it's and and it, which leads to a dramatic actual crash. Oh, um, very dramatic. Very dramatic at the end. Because like he misses like the hay bales they have set up. And he rams like a light pole. And they like, call an ambulance. And they rush him to the hospital. And it's all very serious. Okay, and this is one of the moments that I cried. One of two. When he gets in the crash and like slumps over Seth like closes the book that he was figuring <laughs> and like jumps over people like straight up parkour people and he's you hear him go that's my brother that's my brother and i i started crying i i should say i did say i teared up this movie but i teared up at the very i guess i teared up there i teared up at the end but it had nothing to do with anything the movie did but they're in the hospital and they're just all waiting you and know the cla- hot cla- 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 doctor yeah but why is she here aren't they out of town i would think <laughs> 
She's everyone's she's doctor. She's everywhere. She's the only... Guys, as people who grew up in the West, I don't even know. There's only one doctor servicing the entire Midwest. All of Northwest Indiana has yeah. the same doctor. And she's like, he's fine. He got in just in time. You got, you got him here just in time. We replaced the shunt. He should be okay. Um, And she's like, I just don't understand why he... He knows the he, signs. Why, why he shook off the warning signs that he was having a shunt incident. And the parents look at each other and I was like, oh God, are we going to have a whole thing about them being like, no more soapbox they racing. Don't. It almost kills you. Not, we don't have time for that. There's no. 20 minutes left <laughs> in the movie. We've wasted so much time We've on We've wasted chess. so much time. And so then we cut to him waking up in his hospital bed. And, and guess who's there? Mutton chops. Yeah, yeah, God's there. And you're like, God, oh no. And he says, I bit the bullet. And I was like, that's not a phrase for dying. Like, kick yeah, it the, is. No, bite the bullet is like, oh, I gotta, no, I gotta bite the bullet and like do this thing. It's like, put oh, up yeah, and you're like, right. I kicked the bucket would have been. Right. Yeah, that's not a phrase that means die. He's like, I kicked the, I bit the bullet. I went up to, I, I, I cashed the big one. Like that kind of thing. He's like, God, is that even? He's like, no, no. Uh, you know, and he goes through all these NASCAR people that have nicknames is like they just call me Bobby. It's like, wait, you're actual Bobby Wade, which doesn't make sense if you don't know he pictures God as having the face of this Bobby ring, Wade. Of Bobby Wade. As I call him good old mutton chops. And he's like, Are you sure I'm alive? Because like why are you here? I They don't really do a good job answering that. They're like, I'm a friend of Vic's. Yeah, he said Vic called him because like the fuck Well, I mean like his his little buddy got just put in the hospital in an accident. <laughs> his I, little buddy. Yeah, I mean it made sense to me. Let me call the most famous person I know and yeah, make sure I mean, well, well he's a big fan of his and he says Vic used to be the mechanic on his racing team. That explains a lot. I missed that line. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> Yeah, you thought he just knew him incidentally? No. He says, Vic used to be the, be- he's the best mechanic I ever had. And so I, I did him a favor. I came down to that say, That was I, a crucial line. You're, you're telling me if, Emma, you're telling me if a wheelchair, if you became close friends with a wheelchair bound child and you personally knew his sports hero, you would never bring it up or act on it. No, I think I would bring it up. I don't know if I would say moments after he's coming out of an operation, let me call him a pro of nothing and say, go down there. I'm not going to make it myself. Emma, but you get down there, Bobby. What was that word, Emma? What if nothing? <laughs> Apropos. Thank you. <laughs> Some things never change, folks. <laughs> but like, I don't know about you. Like, hey, can you stop by room 4D? I'm at Culver's. I'm not going to make it, but you go there alone and just <laughs> Emma, see if you can No <laughs> one outside of Midwest knows what Culver's is. <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> it was a, I didn't say that I didn't say it wasn't appropriate. I just saying Culver's is a very specific fast food. Chain. He was ordering a frozen custard and some cheese curds, <laughs> and, and he couldn't make it to the hospital himself. So he has this whole conversation, and I will say, it has the essence of a Make a Wish visit, where he's like, "Yeah, but it's very informal." Yeah, yeah. His parents aren't even there. No, no, no one believes this happened. This by the way. <laughs> I'm sure you saw the dude um, very good. And he and he like goes, he's like, hey, by the way, I've had coming out of like anesthesia. Like, yeah, no, it, it would have made sense. It would have made sense. He like says, um, I've been having some troubles on straightaways right now. Do you have some tips, driver to driver? And he like starts telling this professional race car driver, like, no, you gotta shake hands with me. And he picks up a bedpan to kind of show what he's doing. And I was and like, it's also his bedpan that he was using. So he uh, must have pissed in it. I mean, it was a clean bedpan. That was for the next you time he had the next time he had to use it. But like, also, it's just like, why would this be your relationship? I don't believe that Justin knows anything about racing at this time. He only just started to kind of yeah. get good at this. We haven't seen him race anywhere near. He's that. not a natural. But after he has this little conversation with Bobby Wade, the parents come in and he's like, "Yo, Bobby Wade was here," and they're like, "Yeah, I don't yeah. think so." But I okay. my first fucking hit of high as a goddamn the, kite pass, right now. Pass the Duffy. Pass the Dutchie. It's the Dutchie. Dutchie. I know drugs. Oh my god. But they come in and they're like, okay, look, 
Uh, and I'm like, okay, here's the confrontation. They're going to tell me you can't race anymore. And it's like, if you're going to keep racing, you just got to be careful. <laughs> That's this, this whole conversation we need to have. We didn't. You're right. There's no time. Nope. There's literally no time. So then we cut home. Seth picks up the phone because they get a phone call from the National Soapbox Derby, mm. you know. Association. The massive organization that governs the- This hillside <laughs> suburban sport. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, I'm trying to get in touch with Justin. And Seth picks up. We cut. They come home. And the dad goes and checks their messages. And- and like the he recorded the beginning of a message before Seth had picked up, and Seth tries to cover it up, being like, "Oh, they just wanted to make sure he was okay." Yeah, and he's like, "Well, yeah." Oh no, they're like, "Let's wish him well." She's like, "Oh yeah, let us play it. Let Justin hear it." And they're and then he just just goes, "The kid who beat Justin." Because I, for the record, by the way, Justin did beat the kid, but I guess if you crash, it doesn't <laughs> count because he did. He was going faster down that hill than anybody. Um, but the kid who beat Justin dropped out. They want him to. Come he was up. actually uh, he was actually doping. They want him. To, they want him to go to Akron for the and the national know championship dream is to go to Akron yeah and so everyone's like woo yeah we're doing it and Seth runs off to his room to cry and the dad follows him in so they can have heart to heart number two thing. he just got back from a straight up life saving operation I'm team Seth here these people needed to take a pause they're like woo time to get back in the car I mean it does yeah it doesn't seem like they need to leave right now but it is a little quick but I mean, again there's no time for anything right. else but they need to have their second heart to heart and let me tell you I again I have not watched so weird that was before my time on Disney Channel, but this crying scene is not in this guy's acting also, range. Also, this character loves the word stinking. He uses it a few <laughs> times this movie in this part. He's like, not another stinking lecture. And I was like, oh no, stop saying that. But basically this is where he reveals that like, not only is he all stressed about sports and dealing with the stresses of having this He's actually worried Justin's gonna die. Yeah, because Which he, actually, same. Yeah, 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 I get it. And he's like, when he was a baby, I couldn't even hold him. And now I'm worried that- And uh, now we're putting him in a metal <laughs> it's not metal. It is again cheap shit plywood. Um, <laughs> but this this scene, it's better than the other hard dark because it has actual emotion behind it, even though it's not very valid. But they just decide like, yeah, he needs this though. He like he needs to feel like he can do yeah all this shit they've been saying so far. That's why I, I wanted to cover a lot of this up top because it gets real cyclical at a certain I point. Know. Oh. Um, but they're going to Akron and Vic pulls up in his Corvette and okay, he's like, guys, this scene. And, he, and he's like, I'm going to drive us to Akron in this convertible <laughs> sports car. Well, um, your mom drives next to us in, in the van. And uh, he's like, what about the bugs and the potholes? And he goes, you showed me I don't need to worry about them. And I was like, guys, the car is a metaphor for Vic. He's getting okay, out there. Guys, he's again, in the road again. Talk about running out of time. They are in this car oh, driving yeah. down the I'm highway. I'm going to take it away. The wind is blowing in Vic's non-existent hair. It he's would a- be so loud. That was yeah, my one all- <laughs> They would never be able to talk. They're on the highway. It's like Fast and the Furious where they're driving in two separate cars and can talk to each other. And it's like, what is that technology? Your windows are rolled up and you're going 90. <laughs> um, but they are driving down the highway like Thelma and Louise. Vic's non-existent hair is whipping in. Justin's got a scarf wrapped around his head. I, all of a sudden, the casual way in which Vic begins talking about his daughter and wife's tragic death. It's literally like, she died. It was a swimming accident. My wife wife died a year later. The doctor said it was just a broken heart. No, no. The doctor said it was a bunch of stuff, but I know it was just a broken heart. And he's just looking at and looking ahead at the blue skies. And then he goes, and you know what? I wanted to die. <laughs> Bursting to maniacal laughter, talking about being suicidal, but I didn't have the guts. I tried. Basically, I tried to even suicide. Also, and there's no other adult in this car. Emma, you're becoming very hard to understand. There's no 
He is with a 12 year old talking about wanting to kill himself but not having the guts as he's laughing maniacally and being like, so I just shut in and I gave up on life until I met you. And that is the scene, you guys. It is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And Justin's smiling and laughing along with him. And he's like, ha ha, thank God we found Mortality. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. That relationship would work if you spent more than this one second on it. Um, but they pull into- <laughs> Akron. Akron, a lover's paradise. Right, Akron. <laughs> Ohio is for lovers. <laughs> and there's so many crazy lines get thrown out here very quickly where they pull up and Scully from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is standing there. Who looks exactly, exactly the, the same. same. Exactly the same. It's impressive. Um, He's standing there and they go, who's that guy? And it's like Dave, I don't know his first name, Dave Guntman or Gunterman. Um, he's like a three-time soapbox derby champ. He's got a kid in this race. If he's got a kid in this race, we're going to be in trouble. Like, that's what to look out for. Crazy line number one, because this guy is standing. He's standing out on the road, just like checking it out like he's got a freaking gun in his waist belt, being like, nobody's coming here. My daughter's racing gear. And that's crazy line number one. Number two is they pull up to their spot to get all their stuff unloaded and everything. And Seth says, wow, there's a lot going on here. And the dad drops like, yeah, they're all his competitors. Most of them are backed by big money. And I was like, big, big money? money? This is Soapbox derby also, racing. Is freaking Pennzoil Is Pennzoil getting some skin in the game? Also, who's sponsoring this family? They don't have any money canonically. No, no one is. That's what they're saying. That's what I'm saying. How are they competing? They that, need a sponsor. I don't think you need a sponsor. Just saying, like, yeah, it's like, yo, you know who we really need to advertise on this year? The National Soapbox Derby Championship. If we championship. don't have a tent in acreage, we might as well call this quarter a financial disaster. So, Justin gets a practice run. He posts the best time of the day because apparently he's the best in the world now. Yeah. He's a natural. He's great. And we find out that the girl from before is Gunterman's daughter, Teresa. Gunterman, I don't I don't remember her name. Again, like watching paint dry this girl is Yeah, this terrible. is the thing is like this conflict just gets thrown in at the end for yeah, no reason. You know how reason. in good screenwriting you should add a villain in the last 15 minutes of the movie? Yeah, but to be fair, the dad is a villain. She's fine. She has, she's, she's ap- just boring. She's apathetic. She's nothing. She, as we say, a Talk nothing Talk about burger. getting thrown down that hill. She's just a passenger on the ship of life. So by the way, this is never explained, but I guess we're just supposed to assume it happened and maybe this explains there has been a lot of time is he has an entirely new car. Yeah, it's purple now. It's just in time. Well, not only that, did they just paint it? It's now there's like a cover that goes all the way up to his face. Oh, it's much more legit. Beforehand, he was just like leaning over to make himself more aerodynamic, but now it's like he lays fully down and they close it up so only his helmet pops out. Like, I was like, when did you have time to build this massive brand new race car? car. Like, why didn't freaking Vic unveil that to him? Be like, I made this while you were in the hospital. on the cutting room floor. Anyway, so he posed the best time and Scully D- Guntman, he goes up and is like, he's raced like that tomorrow. He's going to be a problem because the daughter's like, he's just a rookie. I don't care. And he goes and looks in uh, the car. And as we all know, that's against. You shouldn't be looking. You shouldn't, shouldn't be looking. Car. Car. And he's like, interesting. We cut to their crappy motel room mm-hmm. eating the saddest breakfast imaginable, which is just a box of like Entenmann's powdered donuts <laughs> and orange juice. And, and also he has a, has a bowl of something. Yeah, maybe he has some cereal or something, but they're, they're also wearing these really, really, again, it was oh, unlocked. The core memory these really ugly 90s like gildan teal t-shirts it's like a color teal that i haven't seen on a t-shirt since 1997 i don't think the color exists anymore i think it only exists it's called 90s teal and they retired it the second we entered the new millennium same as the jazz pattern Uh, like yes it it reminds me of the pattern on the cups that's the jazz pattern Uh, it's that color teal but um that took me back and they're fucking ugly t-shirts the whole fam yes the whole family's wearing them i pulled it up i didn't apparently it was called the jazz pattern Um, (laughs) that pattern. Uh, we all do. <laughs> 
Also now Seth has another stomachache? Uh, maybe. I don't really Oh, they're care. watching the interview of yes, God. Yes, that, that is where we are. Is And again, not God, actually Bobby Wade. He's getting interviewed and he's like, yeah, there's Bobby Wade. I talked to him, I gave him advice. And, all, and his family's like, okay. Yeah, cool kid. And he's like, no, he took my bedpan as proof. And then Bobby Wade in the interview. In goes, a race. In a race. He's being interviewed post trackside. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm at performance today. I got some great tips from a rookie. He's a fellow driver. And he's like, yeah, his name's Justin. And the family's like, huh? What? He and pulls the bed. He pulls the bed. Fucking race car. Like you ha- and this. For why the, would he have that? This messed me up as a child watching this movie. He just reaches into his car, pulls out a bed, but I was like, why would you keep that in your car? Why would that be rattling around in your fucking race car? But so they they're all flabbergasted that he met Bobby Wade, but really that doesn't matter. Is entirely superfluous to the plot. And who they get a knock on their door from like the race admin who we saw briefly when they arrived. Who and looks like every other bitch. Every other he also looks guy. familiar. I could not place him. I I'm to beat him and I still couldn't figure out what I knew him from. He's like a Ben and a trillion he, things. So he's knocking on the door saying, hey ho, we hear you got a handbrake in your car. Yeah, we got a, you got a handbrake in your car. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, our kids are playing shit. Guys, we're not paraphrasing. This is literally how this scene goes down. And he's literally like, hey, we, we know your car is a handbrake. And literally one of the parents has to go, yeah, our son is a paraplegic. Yeah. He obviously has a handbrake. And then they're like, well, you know, they're not allowed in cars to be modified. Yeah, you we can't. have very specific design restrictions. And and he's like, so we have to disqualify you basically because everybody else. Like, and then would there's be, another one with like, he can't use a foot brake. Yeah, he's he's like, paraplegic. Yeah, it's like, and he's just like, eh, you know. Uh. And, and they're the, the, the committee. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? And they're like, so what do you want us to do, man? Like, you can't just kick the disabled kid out because he can't <laughs> use the, the foot brake. He can't and make he, him use a foot brake. And, and he says like, well, the committee will meet to rule on this decision. But, but doesn't look good. Doesn't look good. Tells doesn't him doesn't look good. And also the kid is right there. In yeah, what kind of would you not pull the parents aside? You would never Everyone have in this movie is bad at talking to both children and disabled people. I would say, hey, can you guys come out to the hall? I got to talk to you about something. So that they, they could break into their kid. Terrible. Like in their own time. Like Very I would never say that in front of the fucking kid. Awful. But so then we do a cut to them at the committee. Seth doesn't want to go talk Which to them. Which is seven identical elder white guys. Well, the, well, they Seth also, has a tummy ache. Seth, yes, this is where Seth, I believe, has the tummy ache. Doesn't go to the one And I said, I need to stop hearing about this man's IBS. And it literally is crazy because it is, Emma's absolutely right. It's just a panel of Seven old, mustachioed white guys. Of, of old men all being like, well, the rules are the rules. And they're like, well, yeah, but the rules are ableist. <laughs> and like, you're restricting. They're like, yeah, like these are the rules and this is, that makes no sense. Yeah, they're like literally like, the rules say you have to use a foot brake. It's like, well, he literally, he can't use a foot brake. And, the, and they literally say, it's like, you guys know you don't use the brake till you cross the foot. It has line. nothing to do with yeah, performance. That's literally what Vic says. He goes, it has no competitive advantage what braking system you use. And they're like, yeah, well, we don't want to set a precedent. Like if we open this up, we're opening ourselves up to everything. And she's, and the mom being the freaking icon she is goes like, yeah, you're opening yourself to letting other people compete who yeah, can't like use that, a foot that, brake. This is, could be a really great sport for a community of people. And you are literally closing the door to them by this stupid fucking rule that has no impact on the car's speed. Yes. And they're like, okay, we've heard it all. Let's vote. And they all are getting ready to vote nay. And Seth storms in. And I knew this was coming, but there's a nice twist to it. Where he storms in being like, I want to talk. I want to say something. I'm tired of everybody talking about my brother and like how special he is and how different he is. And like, all he wants to do is compete. I'm butchering this speech. It's very- Okay, guys, I want to be honest. No, no, no. He starts talking about a media literacy class he took at 14. Oh, God, you're right. 
starts babbling about I was going to transition into that, but he's like, I was reading your pamphlets out front. You guys are all about education. He's like, yes, of course. That is what we support. This speech makes no sense. That is what we support here at the Soapbox Derby Nationals, education. I don't know how or why. He goes, yeah, well, you know, in my high school last week, we learned a lot about media literacy. And with what that, the fuck is With that, that in mind, I've spent the past hour calling every TV outlet, newspaper, radio station in a 50-mile radius, and they'd all love to hear how you're not going to let the disabled okay. kid compete. Not, not the exact he words. Pulls back the curtain and there's like 50 Which I, I wish we lived in a world where people gave that much, much of a, a shit, shit about people, about things being made fair for our others. But when I pulled back the curtain, I did cry. I swear, this is when I fully cried. I remember I this slightly. I I remember this slightly. I was expecting the dramatic speech, but I liked the twist of the fact that he called all the reporters. I also liked the twist because I felt like it was a great analysis of modern America in that like, yeah, if you were expecting people to do the right thing, you're going to be waiting a long time because they're everyone's a fucking asshole. But if you want to hold people's feet to the fire and say, if you don't do the right thing, we're going to cancel you, <laughs> then they'll get some shit done. Yeah, and I actually like how everybody on the board is just like, oh, frickin'. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. smart, they're smart, like they're going to do something like, okay, now again, and they're like waving and like, yeah, of course, we'll let them compete. And yeah, now we just immediately cut to the championship race. And get, and, a, get again, guys, the but, sport could not be more more boring to watch. But who shows up? Did you did you catch this? The announcer, played by the one and only Mr. Tom Virtue, dad from the Even Stevens. Oh, yeah, that he, guy. The, the dad from Weed and Weep in literally everything is the everybody announcer. Everybody drink, this guy's here. Uh, yeah, I love, every time I see him, I'm like, Tom, my boy. But yeah, he announces like Teresa Guntman versus uh, Justin Yoder. Um, and she's just like, hey, good luck out there, rookie, but you're going to be eating my dust, whatever. She's so boring. I, she's... I fell asleep every time she was on screen. Yeah. And okay. That's, he wins. He wins. There's a, oh, there, we should, no, we shouldn't pay attention. The one moment that really, really worked for me with the whole Seth Justin thing was this right here. Is as he's getting ready to get go down the ramp onto the hill, Seth stops him and says, I want you to know, no matter what, like win or lose, you're my hero. The fact that you put up with this every single day and do it with a smile on your face and don't let it get you down. I can't tell you how much I admire and respect and love you for that. Which is so beautiful. It's a beautiful it's so moment. so true. Beautiful moment. It's the best part of that whole relationship in this movie. And yeah, he goes down the hill and he's like, man, after hearing my hero, Seth, well, I guess Bobby Evans, Bob, Wade, Bob, Bobby Wade? Bobby, Bobby Wade. Wade. I don't know, Bob, Bob Evans is the breakfast. Bobby Evans is the sausage. Yeah, but it's like, after hearing my brother who I care about so, so much say all these amazing things about me, it doesn't even matter if I win. But it, it was, does and I want that I, trophy. I want that trophy though. So yeah, he manages to win. We're not going to talk about when he goes to see God and well, God no, 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 shows him that everyone's we, in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that right now. Because like <laughs> I'm saying, we just cut to him at home with the trophy on his mantle and he's like, there's only one thing left to do and Bobby Wade is there and he's like, hey God, I know I was really- Me again. I, I know I, I quoted Ayn Rand, but I know, I'm here. <laughs> I know I was really mad at you in the beginning about doing this all to me. But I've were, changed. And you were like, I have a plan and I didn't believe you, but guess what? This was a pretty good plan. I appreciate where you got me. And he's like, yeah, of course. One more question. One more question, which comes out of nowhere. This is never brought up anywhere else in the movie as far as I'm aware. It's absolutely out of fucking nowhere. He says, is everybody in heaven perfect? And he goes, do you want me to show you? And he's like, yeah. And he opens the gates he of go, heaven. He goes, no, it's like a stargate. It's like a crazy thing. And he has to get a key off a chain. I was like, why does God have keys? Anyway, he opens the doors and it's just a bunch of angels in wheelchairs. Everyone's in a wheelchair. And I get what- Because if you're in a wheelchair, it's perfect. Yeah, I get what they were going for being like the wheelchair is irrelevant. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the metaphor. Yeah, it's but a little heavy handed. Well, yeah, exactly. And to the point where I would argue it doesn't make sense that like- I mean, also, I it doesn't help the CG looks fucking It looks terrible. insane. This it is, looks this so is what I'm saying is what for some reason as a kid I saw this. They didn't this. have the technology to accomplish for, this. For Why some, did they do it? For some reason as a kid I saw this and I thought oh he was an angel the whole time or something. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because what 
what are you supposed to think as a kid? Because no I like as a kid I didn't know anything. I must have thought like, oh, if you're in a wheelchair, you're an angel. I get it. Um, <laughs> that's the miracle in Lane Two was him. The thing that bugged, bugged me the most about this is you just see a bunch of angels fighting about whatever, and then one that creepy girl. There's a girl with blonde hair who comes out of nowhere, and I again misremembered it. I remembered it being Vic's daughter, which would make a million times more sense. But why would she be in a wheelchair? Because well, because every, well, everybody goes to she was not a soapbox every does, but everyone you're having you're in a wheelchair. That's Miracle in Lane too. That's just kind of and I'm done talking about this movie, yeah. guys. I'm exhausted. It's a lot. Like I, I feel like we've said that a lot of movies. It's emotionally really exhausting. I cried twice, and I yeah. They, I, oh no, I'm sorry. The last thing. This is what made me tear up. Is after that insane thing. I can't believe you teared up after that. That, that really there, took me out of it. There's some very nice images of the actual oh, Justin Yoda, cute. and they talk about how his the development of the Justin break and his use of it, and the fact that they did change the rules, open theirs, and he did it genuinely was a beautiful thing. And I was kind of like tearing up a little bit. I was like, good for you, man. Like, hey, you can just see the smile on his face. Yeah, really it's like, cute kid. It's, it's really great. But yeah, that was, the, I teared up a little bit at that. I don't know. I have weird feelings about this movie. I can't say I liked all of it, but I kind of respect the hell out of it in some ways. It goes for a lot and it doesn't all land, but it is something. It was a wild ride and I didn't necessarily hate the ride I was on. I was just so shocked that this was what the movie was. Same. Because I remember it so differently. Yeah. And I think it was also, if I had to say anything negative really about it, I actually thought all the acting was pretty good yeah. and I like enjoyed my time and I cried obviously and I think it was a good message but also I think it was just paced terribly yes and I think that's the biggest thing I'd hold against it is how much more I wanted to watch him on the actual soapbox journey yeah I like I get it there's only so much you can fit into an hour and a half like, especially with a TV movie like but I think they picked a lot of the wrong stuff yes. in the beginning yes because like the family stuff is all really good and emotional and feels right mostly well, most of it but I, I think a lot of that is at the expense of his relationship with Vic and the soapbox derby part of it which is like what this movie is marketed on like if you ask anybody if they remember this movie they're like oh yeah the soapbox derby one and that's not what this is small part of the movie all right yeah what what would you rate it emma i think i would give it like a six out of ten i also was gonna say a six out of ten it does a lot that earns it that high of a score but if if they just had ironed out some of the bugs i think it would have worked a lot better but uh what are we gonna be watching next month um or the next episode i should say because we're still trying to get back on a normal schedule so i don't know what month it's gonna come out i think let's watch um for next month let's watch life is rough oh the kyle massey one yes i've seen some of that okay yes kyle massey and a blonde woman that i can't see (laughs) Uh, she's too she's actually too small on the poster for me to deduce who it is looks like a panna baker of sorts oh i I can't tell which one i think it is a panna baker if i remember correctly i could be wrong on that life is rough sure cool Uh, for what is supposed to be february uh we're gonna try and iron out those schedule problems right quick for you guys i promise but cool stay tuned for that one everybody uh emma where can people find you it's k panna baker oh okay here we go uh emma where can people find you on the internet at emma stone tyler on twitter instagram and tiktok uh, you can find me on Twitter at wildfire underscore king. You can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash lucastyler. Thank you so much to everybody supporting me there. But most importantly, you can find us on Twitter at Podcast, which you should absolutely follow if you want updates on when these episodes come out and situations like we've had where a bunch of technical issues made us super delayed. Also, thank you to whoever on TikTok tagged me in that TikTok about um, the girl from Pixel Perfect being an NFT because that was really <laughs> fucking funny. You have to show that to me later. Uh, also, you should go and look it up uh, audioentropy.com you're gonna find a podcast on there you're like i guarantee it there's so many good ones
questions. Um, uh, is there anything else we usually talk about at the end? I think that's it. Rate and review us on iTunes. That's what it is. Thank you. Please rate review us on the iTunes. I think you can do it on Spotify now too, if our Spotify is working by now, which it should if you're hearing this. Anywhere you can rate us, please do it. We deeply, deeply appreciate it and it really helps us out. But for now, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. We're happy to be back, happy to be giving more content to y'all and we'll, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Decoms forever. Racers don't use their brakes until after they cross the finish line. Foot brake, hand brake, what's the difference? Offers absolutely no competitive advantage. What's at stake here is a principle. If we allow this change, we're opening ourselves to anything and everything. And anyone? There is a principle at stake here. Unless you allow this change, children with disabilities like our son can't possibly compete. I think we've heard all the arguments pro and con. Members of the committee, are you prepared to vote? All right, then. All those opposed? Excuse me. I'm sorry, young man. You'll have to wait outside. Hey, it appears the man has something to say. Yeah. Yeah, I read your brochure. It, uh, it says that the number one priority of the Soapbox Derby is education. Yes, that's true. Last year in school, my class studied access to the media. So? So, for the last two hours, I've been calling every TV, newspaper, and radio station within 50 miles. Everyone come in. Please, ladies and gentlemen, stay outside. We're in a closed session here. I'm sick of seeing my brother treated like a second-class citizen. Sick of seeing him stuck on the sidelines. Our class also learned that life should be a level playing field, even when it's a racetrack that runs downhill. The way I see it, you've got two choices. You could say you're denying a kid in a wheelchair his right to compete, or that you're taking a stand for the values our society was built on. Freedom and equality of opportunity for all. So what's it gonna be?